This is TJ Jones, the host of the State of the Saints podcast. And the State of the Saints podcast is brought to you by Manscaped.com. For those that enjoyed the Lawnmower 3.0, well, I got news for you. The Manscaped engineering team has successfully created the Lawnmower 4.0. You heard that right, the Lawnmower 4.0. The leader in male grooming is taking it to the next level. Join the 6 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped for all their below-the-waist needs. Go to Manscaped.com. Use the promo code State of Saints and you will save 20% off on the Lawnmower 4.0 as well as other Manscaped items. That's Manscaped.com. If I show you here, we have the hips here. This is most likely in the thoracic region in the middle of the back. But if you see these little uh, pieces right here. This is nerves in between them. This is the transverse process fracture or transverse pressures that can be fractured. These are responsible for each of the muscles attaching and very painful with rotation, throwing, pivoting, every single thing that is responsible in the back um, have to stabilize at a bone. And this is an attachment for several important muscles and ligaments. As a result, these are very hard uh, to play through, but they can do it. Uh, it's not usually a quote-unquote risk thing. It's more of a pain tolerance thing, but you're just not affected. Hey, what's going on, Who That Nation? It is yours truly, TJ Jones, the host of the State of the Saints podcast. Thank you so much for checking out the State of the Saints podcast, where we talk New Orleans Saints. Really do appreciate your time. Thank you so much for uh, spending uh, your time with yours truly. On this edition, we're going to be talking about quarterback Jameis Winston and answering a question, uh, should Jameis Winston... Uh, shut it down for a while and this question comes from uh, the recent reports uh, came out by uh, Jay Glazer of Fox Sports uh, said that Jameis Winston had four fractures in his back and he played uh, in the game on this past Sunday uh, versus the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and some people are saying you know uh, maybe the the injury that he had to his back uh, was affecting his ability to be able to make some of the throws that we have grown accustomed uh, to making, especially some of those passes that he uh, tried to throw downfield to Chris Olave. Um, going back and watch the film, you had about at least two opportunities where Olave got behind the defense and uh, Jameis Winston just did not connect uh, on those passes. So a lot of people feel like maybe he was, you know, uncomfortable. Um, there was opportunity where he was able to scramble 
uh, for a first down. Uh, some people felt he should have, but you know, there were people that were kind of skeptical or, or reluctant, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, well, not reluctant, but they were, you know, confused about him not, you know, scrambling and we're wondering why, you know, and a lot of people felt like maybe it was because of the injury uh, itself. Look, this isn't in any way the way that I feel. I know sometimes when people uh, check out the State of the Saints podcast and they see these titles, they think that this is like the way that I feel about certain situations. A lot of times when I have these show topics is based on the conversations that I see on social media, conversations that I I hear uh, around uh, the Who That Nation so I just bring these shows uh, and I create podcasts about them. So this isn't in any way uh, how I feel, you know, about Jameis Winston. The, I mean, I'm just I'm just <laughs> going by what I see people talking about. You know, Jameis Winston did not have his best game uh, this past weekend. I mean, it wasn't good at all. I mean, around seven minutes left in the fourth quarter, uh, the game was tied. And Jameis Winston threw three interceptions three bad interceptions uh i think that it was kind of him making a play uh him trying to try to you know go toe-to-toe uh with tom brady and a part of it feels like you know it had a lot to do with what the whole Lattimore getting ejected because of the mike evans thing you know i think that it had a lot to do with it because we know that Jameis winston uh to a fault is the ultimate teammate but you know this right here who that nation the what i'm about to say is not so much about Jameis winston the saints quarterback it's more so about Jameis winston the quarterback and what i mean by that is when i look at Jameis winston we all know uh that there are different rules that apply to Jameis winston as a quarterback of the New Orleans Saints. He he is playing by a completely uh, different level of rules. When Jameis Winston throws an interception, it's amplified. It's amplified. It's, it's not like, you know, Joe Burrow for the last couple of weeks has not played some of his best football where he had four interceptions, five turnovers total in a game versus the Pittsburgh Steelers. This isn't like, you know, he threw like a couple of interceptions you know, like some of these uh, other quarterbacks out here, I think Aaron Rodgers threw an interception in week one. It, it's not like that. He's playing on a different level of rules. When Jameis Winston throws an interception, it's just a constant reminder of the 30 interceptions that he threw back in 2019. As unfair as that is, because we all know that the NFL, it, it, it moves on and guys have opportunity to resurrect uh, what they did wrong but in Jameis Winston's case he doesn't have that luxury because the national mainstream media won't allow him to so I think with that Jameis Winston has to be extremely careful about how he presents himself going forward and and I'm, I'm I don't mean it in a in a bad way I'm just saying when it comes to optics, because Jameis Winston turning a ball over could be detrimental to future opportunities 
for this guy. Like, if it doesn't pan out with the New Orleans Saints, for example, and, you know, if he had another opportunity, I think that people might not give him opportunity based on this narrative. And when you're dealing with injuries, injuries that could possibly affect, you know, the way that you're actually playing a quarterback position, people are not going to, people are not going to (laughs) give you that benefit of the doubt. It's almost like people are talking about these three interceptions, but they're not really talking about the fractures in his back. Because once again, like I said on the last episode, when you go out there and you walk on a field, people are just under the impression that, you know, you're hurt, not injured. So you're you're able enough to play, right? You're able-bodied enough to play. So you should be out here throwing some of these passes that, you know, some of these great quarterbacks or the faces of the league are throwing. They're not going to give him the benefit of the doubt. So I think with that, he has to be very careful about this whole entire situation. And I know as a human being, I know what Jameis Winston is thinking. Number one, he's a competitor. Like as long as he got a breath in his body and he's able to get up in the morning and walk around, he's going to go out there and give it a Herculean effort. And that's commendable. The fact that he actually played in the game versus Tampa, dealing with those situations, and even though, you know, uh, shouts out to Dr. Jesse Morris is with the uh, the clip that you all uh, seen. You know, he talked about, you know, the injuries and how, you know, uncomfortable it can be. But he also said towards the end, you know, it's about having a pain tolerance. So the fact that he probably in extreme pain and he's still out there, and I'm pretty sure he probably took an injection shot, but that injection shot to me is not going to it's not going to last the entire game. Maybe for a couple hours, you know, it's going to last, but eventually you're still you're going to start to feel that pain. So to me, I think if he is hurt to a point where he cannot perform his duties up to the best of his ability and he has to force the issue then I think that, you know, he may need to consider, you know, sitting out for a little while. And I know why he's not doing it. Once again, he's a competitor. And, you know, this is an opportunity for him. It's not like, you know, he is solidified to a point where he doesn't have to look over his shoulder and wonder to himself, like, is Andy, you know, so Andy Dalton behind me and is the opportunity for Andy? Will he take advantage of the opportunity? It's kind of like what it is. I believe in the guy. I do. I think that as far as talent is concerned, I think that he has more talent uh, than Andy Dalton at the quarterback position. But this is one of those moments where you have to really think about the long-term ramifications and are you being as effective as you need to be uh, going forward? Uh, I, I, I think that he is a, I think he is a really good quarterback, but it would be sad that the narrative will flood uh, all of the hard work and dedication that he has put into to change that particular narrative. So that's the way that I'm looking at it. Um, I don't think that, you know, it, it will affect him if he was to sit out, but you have to think about, you know, are you being as effective as you can possibly be? So that's something that we have to, uh, that's something that Jameis Winston has to look at 
And that's something that the Saints coaching staff are going to have to look at. And uh, I, I would hate for him to end up losing a job or not being as effective, you know, and, and, and you know, people kind of continue to create this narrative about him that's already out there and him not having a fair opportunity uh, to change that narrative if he's not healthy. But thank you all so much for being here. Got 161 people watching this as of right now. I ask that you all hit the like button. If you're new to the channel, I ask that you subscribe uh, to the channel. Uh, we're going to go ahead and read some of the comments. And uh, we'll start with Jules. Jules says uh, he shouldn't be out there playing with back pain. Well, it's way more than back pain. It's, it's fractures in his back. Uh, one man can't save an organization long term, especially when that man is 45 years old. Well, look, I think that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers that we talking about, Tom Brady, Look, they're doing a good job as of right now. You know, we can talk about these guys till we blew in the face, but as of right now, uh, they are the class of the NFC South. They beat the New Orleans Saints head-to-head, and when the Saints had the opportunity to actually beat these guys, uh, they didn't get the job done. So we can talk about years past, and yes, the Saints have had the Buccaneers number uh, in, in years past, but this is a brand new year. And you can't you can't hang your hat on what you did last year, two years ago. We can talk about those things in order to validate ourselves and make ourselves feel better. But this is 2022. And what you did back in 2019 and 2020 and 2021 is irrelevant to right now. What the Saints are one and one right now, and they had an opportunity to take advantage of a, a teetering Tampa Bay Buccaneers team, and they didn't get the job done. But it all came down to you know, it all came down to a few plays. Uh, I think that the fact that, you know, a lot of Bucks fans, a lot of mainstream media people are saying, you know, that, you know, there's a huge separation between the Saints and the Bucks. I think that that is totally untrue. I think that's totally untrue. Um, I think that this team, these teams are pretty much even to a point where, you know, it's like it's like two well-polished boxers right and they're going toe-to-toe and whoever make the first mistake that's when you end up losing it's like one one boxer wins round one the other one wins round two three four and so on and so forth and then it comes down to the 12th and final round and whoever like kind of you know uh has that round that's who's gonna end up winning that's what i look at when it comes to the tampa bay buccaneers and the new orleans saints because you know, there are some things, you know, Tampa does well, and there's some things that the Saints do well. But you can't, like, negate the fact that Tom Brady plays absolutely out of his mind against other teams, but when it comes to the New Orleans Saints, they make him look mortal. So I think that the narrative is that the Bucks are just leaps and bounds ahead in New Orleans Saints because they won. If the Saints would have won, then they would have been saying the same thing. Oh, the Saints got the best defense in the league. The Saints are a really good team. They, you know, like I don't think that it is that much of a separation. I think it all comes down to who is executing and who makes the first mistake. And if you look at this series, it's been the fact that the Saints were able to, you know, handle their business because they took advantage of turnovers. They were able to get pressure on Tom Brady and they were able to, you know, get him off his spot and have him rattled and confused. This game came down to the last seven minutes and 49 seconds, and that's when it actually changed. 
So if anybody comes away from that game, just feels like the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are just so much better than the New Orleans Saints, I'll say you sadly mistaken. Because just like the Tampa Bay Buccaneers beat the New Orleans Saints this time, the Saints can beat the Tampa Bay Buccaneers the next time. I, I just think that they're, they're, they're close to one another. And I know Tampa fans may not want to accept that because they won, and it's something that they wanted to do in the regular season for quite some time. And I think that a lot of it is the fact that Tampa wants to be in that position. They want to have that level of respect and adulation like the New Orleans Saints. And maybe that's the reason why it means so much to them to actually beat the Saints. But if you come away from that game, just feel like your team is just that much better than the New Orleans Saints, I think you might want to take an extra look because, you know, it, like I said, it all comes down to execution. And I'm not, you know, knocking Tampa. They did what they needed to do to win. But I just think that it's this actually neck and neck. And honestly, that Tampa has one advantage over the New Orleans Saints. And I'm, I'm going to be real. Um, I'm, a, I'm a little bit of a historian for all those that are new to the podcast. So bear with me. I want to take you back to the 1984 NBA Finals, all right? Follow me. The Los Angeles Lakers versus the Boston Celtics. The Los Angeles Lakers, the Showtime Lakers, right, with Magic Johnson and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, all these guys, right, they were going up against the Boston uh, Celtics. And the Lakers were a talented team, right? They were fundamentally sound. You had Magic Johnson out there, you know, running a point. You know what I'm saying? Showtime Lakers making it happen. They were clearly a really good team, right? And, and the Boston Celtics were a really good team. But here was the difference. Game one, the Los Angeles Lakers beat the Boston Celtics. In game two, something happened. I don't know. Some of y'all probably remember this if you, if you follow sports. But Kirk Ramis, right, the power forward of the Los Angeles Lakers was driven the ball down the court. And he got clotheslined by center Kevin McHale. And all of a sudden, it was this fisticuffs. Everybody was fighting. You know what I'm saying? The, the Lakers bench cleared. The Boston Celtics bench cleared. They were fighting. It, it was pandemonium everywhere. But in that moment, the Boston Celtics realized something. Look, this is a fundamentally sound team right here. They about style and finesse. You know what we are? We're going to be tough and gritty. We're going to elbow these guys. We're going to hit them in a, you're going to hit them in the face when the ref ain't looking. We're going to push them down. We ain't going to help them up off the float. And you know what happened in the process? They got into the head of the Los Angeles Lakers. And even though the Los Angeles Lakers were a talented basketball team, the Boston Celtics ended up winning the world championship. And I'm saying that to say this. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers. One thing that they have as an advantage, and they do this a lot. What they try to do is they try to get the New Orleans Saints out of their position. If the New Orleans Saints are going to beat the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, they cannot subject, sub, subject themselves to the activity. Because we've seen this before. In the two losses that the New Orleans Saints had, it all came down to a fight or something that happened in order to rattle the New Orleans Saints, and they fell for it, hook, line, and sinker. To me, if we're talking about X's and O's and execution, 
And, and honestly, if we're talking about X and O's and execution and both teams on the field, I think the Saints can beat them. Where the Bucks found out, <laughs> what the Bucks found out was if we muddy up this game and we do some things, the Saints at this particular point, you know what I'm saying, they allow their egos to get in the way. And that's what caused the Saints these games. The game in the divisional round and a game against, you know what I'm saying, in week two. That to me was the turnaround. You got to be able to stay focused and have tunnel vision and not worry about what the other opponent is actually doing. Because in reality, they already they already said, well, you know, we're not executing the way that we are. So we're going to try to do something a little bit different. And that's what that was the deciding factor for the game, in my opinion. You got to be able to stay focused. Now, you can talk about some of those turnovers, too, but a lot of those turnovers, I feel like, especially when it came to Jameis Winston, was built off emotion. And you cannot play the game like that. Sometimes you got to take what the defense gives you. Sometimes you got to just stay dialed in. Sometimes you just got to, like, you can't pay attention. The referee's going to throw some flags and all that kind of stuff there. You already know that. As a, If you've been with the Saints long enough and you already see some of these egregious flags, why aren't you understanding that, oh, it's, it's just a, a matter of time before this actually happened? So you have to stay within yourself. The problem is when you get out of your position and that's when guys start to, you know, that's when guys start to mess up because it's not, it's no longer about execution. It's about pride. I mean, go and take a look. Go and take a look at the two victories that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers had. They basically won those games by muddying up the field, by doing something. You know what I'm saying? They're doing something very unconventional. Because when it all comes down to it, when it comes to execution, the Saints are the Saints got their number. If you look at if you look at Tampa on against any other team in the National Football League, they basically go up and down the field offensively, no matter who's out there. But when it comes to the Saints, they're not able to do some of the things that they want to do offensively. Leonard Fournette ran the ball up and down the field against the Dallas Cowboys. He he averaged two yards a carry against the Saints. Tom Brady can put the ball anywhere it needs to go against any other team. The Saints have them dazed and confused. More turnover, more touchdowns, I mean, more interceptions than touchdowns. So how do you do that? Well, you scout. You look at guys like Marshawn Lattimore who, oh, if you push him, he's going to retaliate. You look at, you know what I'm saying, some of these other guys that are on the field that probably, you know, some, some hotheads are overly emotional. You you go, you know, you look at a guy like, oh, if we put this dude in this position right here, probably 80% of the time he get beat on this play right here. So all those things kind of come into play. You have to stay focused. If you don't stay focused, that what gets you beat. And to me, the Saints fell right into the hands of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They fell right into their hands by allowing them to muddy up the field yesterday. But the thing about it is, you know, they had the Saints discombobulated, but that's exactly what they wanted <laughs> wanted to do. That's exactly what they wanted the Saints to do, to be dazed and confused and frustrated to a point where they make a mistake. And it happened. If the Saints want to beat Tampa going forward, they got to they gotta play within themselves. That is where coaching comes in. That's when you got to call that timeout and you got to get your team together and say, hey, I know this just happened. It was some BS or what have you, 
but we need to stay focused right now. The game is tied. It's three to three. We still have it, right? Is is three to three is equal to zero to zero, and we have to stay focused. Even if it was these flags, you got to keep your team focused. You got to focus on the goal. That that's just all there is to it. That's how you're going to end up winning. To me, I don't think it is much of a is that much of an advantage. I just think that <laughs> I think that in a way, what Tampa did was pretty smart. I mean, if I was Mike Evans, I mean, you push Marshawn Lattimore, y'all both get ejected. Well, he wasn't doing much anyway. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, like I get ejected, he get ejected. I go back to the locker room, hit the showers a little bit earlier. But, hey, I may not, you know what I'm saying, I may be out the game, but they need him more, way more than Tampa need me in a way because who scored? Perriman did. Did Mike Evans score? You know what I'm saying? Did, did he score? No. So, I mean, that's that's the way I look at it. Don't tell me Tom Brady didn't know. I, I, I've heard Tom Brady on several occasions. I remember Tom Brady was talking on Monday Night Football, um, and he was talking about how he analyzed film. And he said he don't really just look at just the guys, you know what I'm saying, positions and stuff like that. He said he looks at guys' body language and all those things. So you don't think he watched that game last week? When the last 10 seconds of the game, when Brandon Edwards pushed Marshawn Lattimore and Marshawn Lattimore retaliated and got a personal foul penalty for 15 yards. You don't think he saw that? Seriously, this guy is one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. He's not the great. He's not the greatest quarterback of all time, you know, just for nothing. You know, so you, you got to be smart. And yesterday, I just feel like the Saints in the last seven minutes of the game did not play smart. Worst take ever, bro. The who uh, league knows y'all are a dirty team. Y'all really had a whole bounty gate. Y'all hit dirty. Lattimore and the whole defense uh, does this in every game. Uh, this the worst take. If it's the worst take, get the hell off my show. You know, if it's the worst take, get off my show. But keep in mind, you're a Bucks fan on a Saints show. Period. So I must be doing something right. You have no you have no allegiance to a New Orleans Saints show, but you here. So I must be pretty damn good at what I do. So, and as far as this bounty gate thing is concerned, why don't you do your homework? Why don't you do your research and realize that other teams had a bounty pool in place? It is it's no different between guys paying each other thousand dollars. Matter of fact, since you want to talk about that with your hypocrite ass, why don't you go and take a look at the the interview with Leonard Fournette going live and hearing these guys talk about man you owe me a thousand dollars you know what I'm saying for you know what I'm saying for a certain play go back and take a look at that on yesterday so before you come in here and talk about that make sure you do your research there have been players in locker rooms for years that have put incentives in place for certain things so don't even try to play that I mean, that, that's just the way I, I do. That's the way I feel about it. Man, you got to be crazy. I, you know, and then on top of that, you, I'm going to just leave it alone. How the hell you on a New Orleans Saints show? You on, you on a New Orleans Saints show as a Tampa Bay Buccaneers fan. So obviously you wanted to hear something, right? What you thought I was going to be sitting on here crying? 
Or you thought we were going to be sitting on here complaining or something like that? Man, seriously. I must be pretty damn good if you actually, your team actually won a game and you're looking and you're watching the New Orleans Saints show. I must, I must be pretty, I must be pretty doggone good. Because honestly, if my team would have won, I'm looking at other Saints shows. I'm not even checking for a New Orleans Saints show. But that shows you right there how pathetic of a fan base y'all are. Like, even in a win, y'all trying to look for other validation. Y'all trying to look and trying to see what the New Orleans Saints fans are saying about y'all. That's pathetic. When the Falcons won yesterday, I wasn't checking. I mean, when we beat the Falcons last week, I wasn't checking for no Falcon shows. I played a clip when I was on the Falcon show, but I wasn't checking for a Falcon show. You know why? Because beating the Falcons, to me, is about as regular as, you know what I'm saying, using the toilet or driving a car. But obviously, y'all haven't beaten the Saints in I don't know how long in a regular season, so y'all happy and you feel like you have a seat at the table, but y'all need way more skins on the wall, homie, in order for y'all to can be in this position. Like, and you're loaded with a fake fan base. Like, y'all just riding a wave right now. But let's see how y'all are when you find out how trash your organization actually is without the quarterback number 12. Let's see how loyal y'all are when you find out that the national media don't give a, a damn about you all once Tom Brady leave. Let's see how loyal you all are now because we all know that your organization isn't worth and, and cannot weather the storm. Like manna rained down from heaven in a form of Tom Brady. And, and, and tell you how second rate y'all are, if Drew Brees would have retired, Tom Brady would have been our quarterback. So y'all second rate as a fan base and y'all second rate as far as a choice. So y'all want, you know what I'm saying? Y'all played the lottery and luckily, you know what I'm saying? The person said, oh, you know, you can jump in front of me. That's, that's what they say. You ever had a quick pick and went to the, you know what I'm saying? Got a quick pick lottery ticket and you press a button and the person's like, nah, man, you can go in front of me, man. You, you, you get that ticket first. And that person ended up winning. That's exactly what y'all are, right? I was in line first. But I'm going to let you slide. I'm going to let you go ahead. Get out of here, man. Bucks going back to the basement after this season. And they know it. They Man, that they organization is trash. Whole organization is trash. Like, Tom Brady rained down from, from – man, come on. I look, they got some – I ain't going to say this. They got some loyal Tampa Bay Buccaneers fans out there. I'm going to keep it 100. But some of y'all about as fake as a $3 bill. But yeah, y'all want to come on here and grandstand. If I ain't see your name and I don't like, I ain't seeing, I ain't seeing the same type of energy. I ain't seeing y'all. So, but y'all want to show up. Like, don't show, don't show up after the win. Show up before the win. Like, we gonna beat y'all this time. Then I'll be like, oh, I seen them last week, man. I man, they sure did, man. Congratulations. But when I'm seeing you after the win, you're a grandstander. And if I didn't see you, guess what you had to do? You had to type in New Orleans Saints. Because if you ain't subscribed to the channel, that means you had to type in New Orleans Saints. So what you looking for me for? What you looking for the Who That Nation for? Next question. The whole NFC South knows we have the best fan base. They hate that so much. And that's the point. 
because of our loyalty and our love for the team. It's unconditional. It's unwaverable. It's real. It's genuine. It's true. That's why they try ad nauseum to try to discredit Saints fans. That's why they'll bring up Lil Wayne not being a Saints fan. That's why they'll bring up, oh, 306. Who was the, like, do you understand how long 2006 was? I say this all the time. If you're six, I mean, in 2006, if you're 10, you're about 26, 27 years old. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's a long time. That's a long time from sitting on your granny living room couch. I mean, living room couch, right? That's a long time from going and sipping the last bit of Gatorade out your, out your mama refrigerator, right? That's a long time ago. I can't remember what I did when I was 10. That's a long time. That's a long time of prosperity. If somebody said, man, man, you've been a fan since 06. You've been like, that's a long time. That's a long time, man. That's a long time, man. I'm just keeping it. I'm just keeping it 100. Tom Brady took the game personally, which I understand he is because he's a competitor. But the narrative is, oh, Brady, Brady won. You know what I'm saying? Brady beat the Saints. No, man, that defense beat the Saints. If Tom, Tom Brady had 190 yards passing. Now, the, the, the label of game manager and Tom Brady shouldn't be hand in hand. But in that game, he was a game manager, period. We'll see if those Bucks players still acting big and bad once Brady gone. I want to see. I want to see, man. That's all I want to know. I'm a Buck fan. I ascribe to you, bro. I'm a real Bucks fan for 27 years. Look, I said it, Brent. I seen you. All I'm saying is this, man. I can't stand grandstanders. I can't. I, I cannot stand grandstand. If, like, talk that talk before the game, before the kickoff. That's all I'm saying, man. You know, like, I just feel like I get it. Everybody like to win. But that's weak. That's that that is weak. That's weak, man. When we just show up on shows afterwards, that's weak. I'm not gonna do that. I, I just don't roll like that, man. Facts, TJ. Let me bless your channel, bro. Y'all been playing dirty in my eyes. The whole league knows this, and y'all definitely be uh in Buckles locker room, but I can't come here. You ought to be glad you popped up on my algorithm. I ain't searched. You uh y'all relax, you way too emotional. I'm not way too emotional about nothing. And, and you, I should be lucky, man. Bruh, I tell you what. You can take the, the $49.99 that you give and give it right back to you. I don't need it, though. <laughs> Period. You talking about way too, like, I'm lucky you, man. Bruh, I've been doing this show since 2018. Seriously. I've been doing this show since 2018. The Who That Nation been by my side. We almost got 10,000 subscribers here on the State of the Saints podcast, and we've been viewed over 2 million times. So do you honestly think that I really just need you up in there? I, I would rather have loyal, diehard die fans that are passionate, but not people that, you know, that, eh. <laughs> Seriously. I appreciate the $49.99, but you can keep it, Doug. You can keep it. <laughs> we don't need it over here. Next question. Uh, she won't do that. Also, a lot of that bounty gate BS was overturned when Goodell was pushing this as a witch hunt against the Saints. 
Uh, they want us to cry, want us to bash our team. Yeah, because that's what they do when they lose. Tampa want to be our rival so bad, but we thinking about winning Carolina. That's what I'm saying, man. Like people talking about the Carolina Panthers. I wasn't even gonna, wasn't even gonna mention like Tampa Bay like that. And it's, you know, I'm talking about I'm talking about Jameis Winston back injury. New Orleans and Atlanta, the only real fan base in the division. Exactly. If I was Evans, I'd get tired of being locked up by Laddie. And that's probably the reason why he came off that sideline. Uh, we not like every fan base, we different. There's some there's some diehard fan bases out here in the New Orleans Saints, one of them. Tampa, not so much. Not so much. You know, like, it's the, like I mean, should I be, like, I don't know. <laughs> Man, this is a diehard fan base up in here. Keep your sucks donation. Exactly, man. I don't need that. I don't I don't need your donation, bro. Because here's the thing. We don't do shows for donations. I appreciate the donation. We do this show out of passion. We do this show out of love. Period. Something that y'all probably don't know that much about. Well, some of y'all don't. Boss move, TJ. I love it. Like, I'm like, what you gonna flex? Uh, you gonna, gonna flex on on me or something? You think that's a flex? Who cares? TJ, tell homeboys to go dispute that show. For real, we don't need it over here. Are you are you serious? You serious right now, man? Let's let's talk about something else. Let's. Man, y'all, uh, I was in that dome. Uh, them fans was ready to go jump in that fight. I swear it was crazy. I, I believe it. They fake. Buck got uh, a struggle dynasty. <laughs> Look, man, I ain't trying to knock nobody for winning no Super Bowl. I, I'm not. Okay, they did what they needed to do to win a Super Bowl. But let's not act like this. This like Just because you win a Super Bowl does not mean that, you know, that just absolves like ineptitude or whatever. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know. It's like, it's like having one good year. You know what I'm saying? A prosperity when you open up a business, like you have a one good year, everybody kind of coming to it. Cause you know, it's a new business. And then all of a sudden around year two, it kind of fought like, come on, man. Like, yeah, they want, they want a Super Bowl, and that's the ultimate goal, but let's not act like they just superior or something like that. I guess, you know, that's what, that's what you know mainstream will tell you but i don't know at the end of the day what happens when your team is not winning what happens when your team is not doing everything right like are you still a fan at the end of the day well i still see you up in here you know and this is what we got this is how we gonna roll with this since we so happy uh that you're here we're going to go ahead and uh, make sure that you never have to be here again. All right. So there we go right there. There you have it. So you ain't got to worry about seeing seeing the show no more. All right. Because we're going to go ahead and just go ahead and, and hit that block button. $50 a flex. Y'all emotional, bro. I swear. Uh, he don't need uh, no smoke. Uh Big Sean, I was a Bucks fan before, way before Brady. Homeboy, homeboy must don't know. 
Ah, oh, man. Next question. <laughs> Jameis always struggled against Ty Bowles' defense, even dating back to Arizona Day. Jameis was off for sure. Yeah. Yeah, he was kind of off. But imagine, imagine a person, imagine a person coming on another person's podcast, you know, from another team. And the thing about it is, and kind of hit the nail on the head when it came to, you said, you lucky I was in your algorithm. You know why I'm in your algorithm? Because that's how successful this show has become. That you can be a Bucks fan and still the State of Saints podcast going to pop up on that. And you know why? Because all these people, the 218 people that watch this show, that share this show, that like this show, created this show, and made this show what it was. That's the reason why we pop up on your algorithm. And that's why this show is more popular than most of your Buck shows that you watch. <laughs> Drawing block points. <laughs> uh, don't block no Tampa uh, Bay, uh, no Tampa Bay fan, please. Man, please. I don't normally block people, but I don't. Now, y'all know I don't I don't really do that. I don't block people, but in, in that case, I'm making an exception. Y'all act like Jameis can have a bad can't have a bad game like any other quarterback. Everything he does uh gets magnified because it keeps the media's narrative going, but they won't talk about Joe Burrow play though. That's because of Jameis Winston's narrative. Jameis Winston, I keep saying, you know, he is the poster boy for mediocre quarterback play or bad quarterback play. So any way they can inflame that narrative, they're going to try to do so. That's the reason why they quiet and crickets on in week one when he facilitates a comeback and they're yelling from the rooftops in, year, in week two. So it is what it is. But what they don't tell you is, you know, Jameis Winston, he had that 30 interception season. But before that, he normally averaged around the league average, which is 17 to 18 interceptions. That's what they don't tell you. And I also don't want to tell you is that Matthew Stafford had 17 interceptions last season. Uh, Josh Allen had 15 interceptions last season. Uh, Patrick Mahomes had 14 interceptions last season. That's what they don't want to tell you. They make it seem like these guys have to throw single digit interceptions because everybody falls in love with the quarterback player, Aaron Rodgers who don't really throw double-digit interceptions, and it's kind of hard to try to find a guy like that, so they make that the standard. So they want you to believe that in order for you to really be playing quarterback at an elite level, you have to throw single interceptions. But the guys that they're telling us to big up, the Joe Burrows with 14, the Matthew Staffords with 17, uh, you know what I'm saying? Like all these guys are throwing double-digit interceptions, close to 20, but Jameis Winston, you know, had one – one season that was an outlier right 30 interceptions but he averaged if you put all of those years together outside of the 30 interceptions he averaged about 14 interceptions per season the average of even some of the most elite quarterbacks in the league but that's not a that's not a sexy enough story but you got to be able to weather that storm james james winston can't he can't have an off day he can't he can't have off day. If he if he has an off day, then he's going to end up looking bad. You know, he if Joe Burrow have off day, oh, he he was a warrior, he fought. And I like Joe Burrow. But we all know what narratives are all about and we know who they have their picks and chooses and we know those those guys that they have that they put out there that they make them beyond reproach. 
We know that. And Jameis Winston doesn't fit that narrative. And you have some Saints fans that's yelling from the rooftops with they fake behinds that's talking about, oh, I knew this was coming. Nah, you ain't know nothing. Did you know it last week? Did you know it when you had 14 and three? Or were you just waiting in the trees for him to do something wrong or him to have an off game in order for you to feel right in, in, in your thoughts? Because let's just be honest, a lot of these people never liked him in the first place. They they just that they, they just didn't because they fell in love with the narrative that was fed to them. On the other hand, you know what I'm saying, it probably has something to do with the way, you know what I'm saying, the color of his skin in some cases. And then you have some other people out there that just got so enthralled with, with Drew Brees and they just look at that as the standard. And now they, they've been with them Drew Brees rose-colored glasses on so long, they feel like everybody has to be Drew Brees. And if they're not, then all of a sudden you have to just basically just throw them away. But I, I'm not I'm not trying to throw anybody away. This is the New Orleans Saints choice. This is what people need to come to grips with. This is the New Orleans Saints choice. So you yelling from the rooftops and talking about, oh, you know, Jameis Winston, he sucked. Jameis Winston can't play. Jameis Winston, he's slow. All this kind of stuff. Like, what do you gain from that? So if he goes out there and just wets the bed every single week, how does that benefit you as a fan? It doesn't. So as a fan, you should want him to succeed. You should want to be rooting him on. But some of you, I feel like, would rather watch the Saints have a losing season just to feel right. That's pretty pathetic, man. Seriously. That's that's pretty pathetic. Like, you rather see your own team, who you supposedly love, fail to feel right so you can come and infiltrate a chat and say, I told you so. Like, give me a break, man. Like, give me a freaking break. Love you, man. Uh, definitely a white man narrative behind the NFL. Rich corporate white guys. Glad you the truth. Uh, one of my favorite shows. White guy. <laughs> uh, I feel like Dennis Allen don't want Jameis to be the quarterback. That's why he was ready to go after Deshaun Watson. And knowing he uh, he had legal struggles, that's why I didn't want the Saints uh, to sign him. Look, Eugene, this had absolutely nothing to do. It probably did in a way, but Dennis Allen ain't calling no shots. Seriously, he ain't got enough skins on the wall. This is this is Mickey Loomis type stuff right here. Mickey Loomis was the one that was aggressively trying to sign him. That, that's just what it is, man, because Dennis Allen is a new head coach. He has to start winning in order for him to actually have any type of seniority around this thing. Yeah, he probably works side and side by side, but Mickey Loomis is the one that's going out here trying to find guys that are a really good fit. Now, he probably work alongside Dennis Allen, but I just feel like Mickey Loomis is the one that's out here doing these things. Dennis Allen ain't got enough skins on the wall to overturn a Mickey Loomis decision, in my, in my humble opinion. Now, Sean Payton, he can do that because Sean Payton won a Super Bowl. Sean Payton had a 60% winning percentage. And, and Sean Payton more times than not found his team in the playoffs more so than not. So when Sean Payton says, I can make it work with Cam Meredith, okay, let's go ahead and get him. If, if Sean Payton says, I think Drew can work alongside, you know, a guy like, you know, I don't know, just some random uh, undrafted guy that nobody wanted. 
I I, I believe him. But Dennis Allen, like I don't know his his voice. He has a voice in the room, but it's not as loud as a guy who won sixty percent of his games and and brought a snake bitten franchise their first Super Bowl. I don't know about y'all, but that's just the way I feel. Uh, he couldn't have a bad day with us either. I'm a football fan first, so I just tell what I see. Yeah, look, um, dude had a bad game, and I just think that. I just think that because he had those three turnovers and and you look at the narrative that's put out about him, it makes people nervous. Me personally, I'm not nervous because I want the dude to succeed. I want him to succeed. And I already know off the rip that if anybody believes, I'm serious, if anybody believes that Jameis Winston is going to throw 30 interceptions in a Saints uniform, then I have to say, I got some oceanfront property out there in Marcus, <laughs> Martha's Vineyard that I want to sell you. There's no way that's going to happen. There is no way the New Orleans Saints are going to allow him to throw 30 interceptions. They ain't going to allow him to throw 20 interceptions. I'm telling you right now, the Saints would go and Andy Dalton, or they would actually go and aggressively try to sign a, a quarterback out there in the middle of the season before they allow him to do that. And I don't believe he's going to do it anyway. Uh, bro, Tom Brady is the reason for the Bucks' relevancy. I can prove it. Remember when Tom uh, Fig retired earlier this year? You heard nothing from Tampa as a team organization and MNF and crew. Uh, they were on hush. And they, uh, yeah, pretty much bench that boy ASAP. Who we talking about benching? We need him going. Who are we talking about? One bad game, dog? One bad game? We ain't going to even give him two. Man, my goodness, man. This conditional. Hey, TJ, they looking at Bruce Arians. I mean, I don't know why. You know? What What does Bruce Arians have anything to do with? I mean, him standing on the sidelines, I know that's supposed to be a big deal. and I just feel like that's just a narrative. Like, <laughs> I'm I'm just being honest. Um, Bruce Arians standing on the sidelines. What do they feel like? Oh, he gonna be over there talking and giving these guys instruction or whatever like that. I mean, he could easily do that from the press box, right? He can he can easily call downstairs or or go into the locker room and make them make halftime adjustments, right? When they go into the halftime, he can just easily walk up in there. So all this is just about transparency. I don't care. Like he can he can have a seat and still have an integral role in what they're doing, or you know he can be out there on the sidelines and have an integral point, uh, you know, part of what they're doing. I mean, Bruce Arians doesn't really scare me as as a play caller or anything like that. And if he was on the sidelines, you know, talking with the offense, I mean, it wasn't that effective because, I mean, as a, as an offense, they only generated ten points. So, you know, I mean, I, I don't know. <laughs> well, wait, 13 points? 13 points as an as a offense? Because they could they kick two field goals or something? I don't know. Anyway, I'm not, I'm not too concerned about that. I can see if it was over there and they, had, they, they beat the Saints 41 to, 41 to 7 or something. Uh, I never say anything bad, but James – uh, about Jameis Winston, I think Jameis Winston to win the whole damn thing. 
Well, let's hope so. The media treats Winston so unfairly as said. Oh, they just ready to talk about him. Winston going to bounce back. I believe in him. Me too. I believe in him. I want him to succeed. I ain't about to like, I, bro. I'm telling you right now. There's nothing that makes me feel better than being wrong about a take. I'm gonna say that again. There's nothing that makes me feel better to be wrong about a take about a player that I said, you know what I'm saying, wasn't going to do nothing. Like, for example, Jalen Hurts. I said, and I, I I think I said this on Hoodie Juice Show, I said, I don't think that Jalen Hurts is going to last the entire season by the time they play the Saints. And Jalen Hurts then lit it up here tonight, if you're watching this on a Monday night. And I could never be more happier to be wrong about a guy. If I'm going to say it loud and proud to a point where, you know, I, I said it so with so much, <laughs> so much emphasis, then I can say it with the same emphasis that I was wrong. I don't get it. I don't get that people were we willing to die on a hill to see the Saints fail at the hands of Jameis Winston. Then, then watch your own team make the playoffs. That's sad, man. That is sad. That's sad stuff right there, man. That is sad. Let's have a chat, TJ. Yeah, I'm yeah, we yeah, we can have one. Yeah, we, we can have one. Hold on. Uh let's see. Let me I'm gonna read a few more and then I'll just open up the phone line. It's number two fault of uh Pete's uh fault. Somebody uh gonna be on the hot seat. Man, it's too early for a hot seat. It's weak two it's week freaking two man it's week freaking two what are we talking about uh let's see yeah i was watching some of uh, that eagles and vikers game the eagles whooping them i mean look kirk cousins and prime time just don't don't go hand in hand they they just don't they don't go hand in hand all right, uh, Buckles, how you doing, man? Uh, what's up, buddy? All right, how you doing, man? Uh, yeah, thank you for being here. Appreciate it. Uh, I'm good, man. Yeah, well, what you got for us, man? All right. Can you hear me? Yeah, hold on a second. I'm trying to get my audio right. Okay. All right. Uh, All right. You need a you need a second. To get your audio uh straight. Okay. Can All you right. hear me now? Yeah, I yeah. can hear you. All right. You need a you need a second to get your audio straight. I, I got it. I can hear myself yeah. in the background. Yeah, I can hear you. Hold on a second. Right. Let me see if I can you get this. A, you need a second to get your audio straight. Yeah, right. I got it. Yeah. Just put just tell me. Just let me know. Just put your hand up in you. Just put your hand up when you're ready. All right. And I, just I'll like just come back to you. All right. I'm gonna go to uh Keen Arthur. Keen Arthur, how you doing? What's that moment? I'm doing man, what, what you got for me. Your boy had the McDonald's Wi-Fi, didn't he? <laughs> yeah. Nah, I, nah, I don't think it was the Wi-Fi. It was just um, it was just his audio. I mean, but I yeah, just, yeah but I'm just trying to change the But oh, what you got for us, man? Say, bro, I told you the other day, TJ. I might as well be an accountant, dog, because I keep receipts, bro. Mm. I keep receipts. It'll be one thing if we was at week eight. And James was playing up and down, you know, three interceptions here, 
two touchdowns there. If that was what was going on, then a lot of y'all would have a case. But you don't have a case after week two, bro. Mm. There's so many things that have to happen for offense to get really going and re really get the gelling. Them boys missed some time in training camp, and you got to find out what works. You use the first few weeks of the season to figure out your identity as an offense and as a team. We know what we got defensively. You hear me? All right. But offensively, we know we got the talent, but now we just got to make the puzzle pieces fit. Right. And once that happened and Jameis started throwing these bombs, because me and Chosen was talking earlier today, TJ, mm -hmm. um, well, earlier tonight. We got the weapons, but we think that Jameis was forcing that ball, though we don't believe that he should have been, though he, he was forcing the ball to, to Olave, that's, that's going to build that kid's confidence. Yep. And that, them things going to start turning into touchdowns. We know what Mike could do. We know what Jarvis can do because he, he lit it up for 114. Mm -hmm. Jameis know what he got in them too. He, again, I don't think he should have just forced it to him, but him giving Chris Olave that many looks is going to help that kid's confidence, bro. Mm -hmm. And and it's going gonna, it's gonna to pan off for us later in the year when, when he start, dropping, uh, start throwing a lot of touchdowns. And right. then all you people who up in this chat, acting a fool, is going to be backtracking and moonwalking like the great Michael Jackson. You hear me? And I'm going to be ready, baby. I'm going to have a whole receipt with all the stuff that y'all owe. <laughs> man, I don't... I'm, I'm, I'm going to just be real with you, King Arthur. The people that's in this chat that's talking about Jameis Winston and saying all these things now that it seems like morale at its lowest, and I didn't see that same type of energy when it was up, I ain't got no respect for that. Like, and to be honest with you, you're wasting your time because I'm not even going to highlight you. And I'm not just saying that because I'm trying to be a Jameis Winston defender. I'm just saying it because that looked fake as hell. I mean, right. it, it does. Like, my thing about it is, if you have an opinion about somebody, keep the same energy. Like, constantly say it should be to a point where – I know he threw for 212 in the fourth quarter, but I still don't believe in him. I need right. to see that type of stuff. Not like when a guy is at his lowest, then all of a sudden, man, that's what I've been saying the whole time. No, you ain't been saying the whole time. Who you been talking to? The mirror? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Who you been talking to? Your dog? Who you been talking yeah. to? The TV? You know, like you ain't, you ain't been saying it to us because I ain't seen you. A lot of unfamiliar people up in here, man. So for that, I can't give you – I can't – look, I can't give you your moment. You know what I'm saying? I can't put the spotlight on you because that looks fake. And that's that's what I'm saying, bro. Like, when you – you don't beat your chest, bro, when you front running. You hear me? Mm -hmm. Like, if you, was, if you really was about that, if you really feel like you feel, you're going to be consistent in your arguments. That's the thing about the truth. No matter how you feel about it, it's always gonna sound the same. No matter how you paraphrase, it. right? You know what I'm saying? No matter, no matter what's going on, it's gonna sound similar to what you said initially. So if you had an issue with Jameis Winston being the starting quarterback of the New Orleans Saints, no matter what happened when we win, and, and when he did what he did with the 16 and 19 with 222 and uh, two touchdowns against Atlanta, you would have had the same energy that you had while giving him his props. Yeah, he did good. But I still don't think he'll fit for the Saints. That's what that's the same type of energy you would have had. But you're not doing that. Y'all Bucks fans, y'all get on my nerves because y'all not real. I don't like stuff that ain't real, TJ. I, I ain't gonna say uh, something like I ain't gonna say all of them not, 
not all they of them. Got, they, got got a, they got a they got a, a a nice little size that's grandstanding, and I you yeah. know what I'm saying, and that and that part right there, yeah, I can't get down with. Just like I can't get down with the Jameis bashing on you know what I'm saying or the or the uh, Monday loss. You know what I'm saying? Like I can't do right. that. And, uh, man, I can't do it, man. Like if if. If somebody was saying this, I I would give them the freaking flow. Like if some if I was opening up phone lines, I was seeing in chats that people were actually saying these things about this dude and wins and success. And they were saying, man, it's just a matter of time. It's just a matter of time. I know he did, but it's just if they were saying that, then I would give them a moment. But when I'm seeing you coming up out the trees, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Looking like looking like seal team six. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Navy Seals. Like, I can't roll with that, man. That's fake. That's fake right there, man. You ain't get no props for that. Right. That, That's throwing the brick high in your hand, bro. Like, nah, bro. You can't do that. Say, bro, you, 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 you ever heard the metaphor, TJ, where they say, bro, you don't get props for setting the house on fire and then putting the fire out. You man, don't get props for, for that. Man, that's what I'm saying. Like, yeah, all pockets right twice a day. And that's what these some of these fans sound like in this media. Oh, we just gonna we just gonna double down. We gonna double down, Nick. Right? We gonna double down. We gonna double down until we till we write and that valid that all of a sudden quote unquote validates your whole argument against James. Mm. Man, that's cap, bro. All that junk is cap. So when that boy go out there and throw four touchdowns against Carolina, hopefully, <laughs> <laughs> when that boy go out there and throw four touchdowns, everybody who in this chat, I promise you, I'm keeping the receipts. Me, Pamit, Chosen, and a few other people. We got y'all names written down. Oh yeah, baby. Even if he, <laughs> even if he don't though, even if he doesn't do that, I still will sit up like it's so early in the season. Like Dang. how many times have we seen teams struggle early and then turn around and and, and go on this streak? Like even like we may not like Tampa Bay, but even that that championship, like after the bye week, they ain't lose another game. They was winning one, losing one, and they even lost to the Bears. You know what I'm saying? The trash <laughs> they was with Mitchell Dubisky, he was out there wheeling and dealing. But these guys, after the bout, it took some time in order for them to jail and develop chemistry. And then all of a sudden, they went on this, this winning streak. People just want instant gratification. And I blame right. things like social media, all this, all this quick reaction stuff, all this, all these things. If if it ain't at our fingertips right then and now, we just feel like, oh, it ain't gonna happen. Man, we got to trust the process, man. You know what I'm saying? Like, you you ever seen a, a chef making a souffle? It takes hours to make a perfect souffle. And it takes, you know right. what I'm saying? It, it takes time. You know, but people want, you know what I'm saying? People want, want a souffle like a hot pocket. You know what I'm saying? Put that thing in there for three <laughs> minutes on high power. You got to have patience. You have to, man. This is a brand new offense. This is a brand new quarterback playing with a bunch of guys that he's never played with. It's a bunch of guys that are trying to win together. You got an offensive line trying to learn the tendencies of a quarterback. You got right. wide receivers that are trying to work on timing. You got a rookie, a rookie a wide receiver that was talented in college but still trying to learn how to be a professional. We need to have patience. You should be lucky that you have a defense that can keep you in the game while you're figuring it out. Can you imagine Man. if this was a 2015 New Orleans Saints team <laughs> when them boys couldn't stop traffic with a stop sign? They couldn't stop a nosebleed. Can you imagine yeah. that, bro? The fact that they actually have a defense to keep them in a game with competitive teams like the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, you, you ought to be happy because this gives the offense time to figure it out. At least you know for a fact. 
all this talent that they have on this team offensively. You know it's a matter of time before they figure it out. You know it's a matter of time before these boys start making plays. So what are we worried about? If this was Kevin White and, and Traquan Smith and, you know what I'm saying, some of them dudes out there, then I'll be concerned. But you got Pro Bowl, all pro type talent on, on your offense. And people still up here, man, I don't know, I don't know, bro. Like, man, be patient. But uh, King Arthur, man, I'm going to go ahead and let you go, man. I appreciate the call. Absolutely, bro. I'm going to say this last thing, TJ. Mm-hmm. If we, I think we should have some more split back sets. And sets with Deontay Hardy, um, Jarvis, Mike T, and Alvin all out there lined up in, in receiver uh, positions. Let let them them split backs do what they need to do in pass protection if they decide to blitz. And now Jameis got time to cook. Mm-hmm. But yeah. I'm gonna let you go, bro. I'm just letting them people know. I keep them receipts, baby. Just yeah. like the gumbo. I got all y'all. I got everything in there. Yeah. I appreciate the call, man. Thank you. All right, homie. All right. All right, man. Uh we're gonna go to a few um chats, um, people in the chat, and then we'll uh, get back to the calls. Let Andy Dalton start. Oh, man. Uh, Y'all be honest. Alave was open. Jameis got to hit him, and Alave got to learn how to track the ball and set up defenders, which basically means that, you know, you have to learn how to, you know, when it comes to chemistry. Uh, Set up defenders uh, with his speed. Jameis will be better. I don't know about this week, those struggles versus Carolina. I mean, he does struggle versus Carolina. That's something that is, you know, that is a fact. I ain't going to lie about that. Let's not uh, let Andy Dalton start. Let's keep it. Uh, <laughs> they got this old saying, you know, the best quarterback on the team is the backup quarterback, especially if if the starting quarterback don't do nothing. You know what I'm saying? Uh, you feel like it leaves a lot to be desired. But um, I'm I, – I, <laughs> look, I like Andy Dalton. But um, Andy Dalton, 2019, 16 touchdowns, 14 picks. Dallas, 14 touchdowns, 8 picks. Last year with Chicago, 8 touchdowns, 9 picks. So let me get this straight. Dude go 5 for 5 for 49 yards in preseason. Got, you know what I'm saying, my guy, Bobby A. Bell, you know what I'm saying, hyping him up. Now, all of a sudden, you know what I'm saying? Like, he supposed to be the second coming to Drew Brees. Like, y'all feel like <laughs> if Jameis Winston does not pan out in New Orleans, I guarantee you the Saints ain't about to be like, man, you know what? Andy is our next franchise quarterback. Andy Dalton, and I like him. I, I like him. I do. I think that he does some really good things. But he is a bridge quarterback. He is a, at this stage of his career, he's a bridge quarterback. Nobody is going to be building their, their teams around Andy Dalton. Y'all are sitting up here. <laughs> Y'all sitting up here talking about, and like, I, bro, do I feel like, I'm, I'm going to be real. If Andy Dalton was the starting quarterback of the New Orleans Saints, do I think the Saints would have had 10 sacks as offensive line? No, I do not. Do I feel like Jameis Winston at times hold on to the ball too long? Yes, I do. And I do think that sometimes he, you know what I'm saying, he holds on to the ball to a point where, you know, he actually gets himself sacked, right? You know what I'm saying? It's almost, you know, taking like almost like a cover sack. 
You know, you try to wait for guys to get open and he decides to go ahead and eat that sack. So do I think that he probably would have less uh, sacks? Yes. Yes, I do. But do I just think that Andy Dawson is just leaps and bounds and then all of a sudden like the the offense is just going to take off and they just going to be the second coming of the greatest show on turf. Like, like, the, like when uh, the St. Louis Rams found Kurt Warner or something, absolutely freaking not. Do I think that they'll probably win some games because Andy Dalton is a credible starter and he's been a starter in the league? Yes. But do I feel like it's to a point where another quarterback would come out and we wouldn't be thinking about possibly signing a rookie or something like that? come on man let's be serious about this this man went five for five and y'all start reading on twitter and y'all you know see like all these reports and shots out to him on the ground great pass by andy dalton to you know to kirk merritt great pass by andy dalton to michael thomas in the in a flat would have been a touchdown it all of a sudden man that's what we need to go with right there man go five for five preseason with with vanilla defense about as vanilla as ice cream at your local Baskin Robbins. And now all of a sudden, this man needs to be the starting quarterback in the New Orleans Saints. Because Jabez Wisted had three turnovers for the first time in the Saints uniform. And we ain't seen this consistently. And, and let's not get it twisted. Maybe we need to be looking at something. Okay. If Trevor Simeon couldn't do nothing late in games and have late game heroics. If Taysom Hill couldn't do nothing to the fourth quarter with late game heroics, maybe, just maybe, is something wrong with the offensive play call? I'm just saying, if you got three quarterbacks who have started, who have started, and even I see Teddy Bridgewater, even with Teddy Bridgewater, the question was, man, why the Saints aren't throwing the ball downfield? And it was like three games until, ironically, he played against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and threw four touchdowns. So, obviously, this offense, no matter who the quarterback is, has had issues with execution. But we're not paying attention to that because Jameis Winston, I mean, it, it seems like to me, no matter who the quarterback is, they've been, they've been sputtering down the stretch. So why aren't we paying attention to this? But this Andy Dalton narrative, my goodness. I like Andy, but... Y'all acting like we got, I don't know, man. Y'all acting like we got Patrick Mahomes on the bench or something. Like, come on, man. I like Andy Dalton. Good quarterback. Respectable career, but come on, man. He won games. (laughs) Mitchell Trubisky won games. Daniel Jones won games. Man. Uh, I'm going to go to uh, Buckles Locker, man. Uh, Buckles, are uh, you ready? All right. Yeah, we're going to go to Buckles, man. How you doing, man? I'm good, man. You straight, man? Yeah, I'm doing fine, man. <laughs> I mean, he, <laughs> man, my goodness. We all know that the best quarterback on the team is the backup quarterback. And we, we know, man, I don't know. it's too early in the season for me to be talking people off the ledge, man. My goodness. But uh, look, but what you, what you got for us, man? Look, I, I'm with – look, I've been doing this just, you know, pretty much almost just as long as you, man. And – I do this with my fans all the time. I, I do it. I try to explain the logic over feelings and feelings getting involved and all kind of stuff being said. Look, I'm going to say this about the game. I was at the game, mm-hmm. Section 315. I live in New Orleans. 
mm-hmm. by the way, for okay. those of you that don't know. Um, and let me tell you this, and I told the Bucks, pan, Bucks fans on my channel, that game was horribly officiated. That was bad. I mean, on both sides. It was – Yeah. Both teams got some weird calls that shouldn't have been a call, and a, a lot of people ain't talking about that. And they kind of glossing over the fact that the refs had a, a involvement with that leading up to that brawl. By yeah. missing calls, the emotions started getting high. You could see it on the sidelines. Both teams were getting frustrated with the referees, and one of the turning points, and I wrote this down, one of the turning points was that throw to Scotty Miller and Marshall Lattimore was covering them, and they wanted a flag, right? And to me, that looked like a flag, but I was watching it live. I got all 22, so I'm going to review it again when mm-hmm. it's available. Right. So Arians and a couple of his lieutenants on the sideline chirping at Lattimore. Mm-hmm. Lattimore says something back to them. Brady goes down the field, says something to the ref, but in the vicinity of Marshawn Lattimore, which, you know, pretty much kind of like you right there, and Lattimore says some Marcus May was right there. Markham Lee was like, that was uncatchable. And Brady said something to Lattimore. Then Fournette came up, pushed Lattimore. And then Lattimore retaliated. Then Evans came around and clotheslined him, obviously. And that started the whole brawl. But people not people not talking about it was the refs played a big part in that brawl by not calling the right game. And the refs got one job, call the game and get out the way. And they were in the way quite a bit hmm. all night long, I mean, all day long. It was bad. So. From that perspective, I don't see too many people talking about that. These are the things I look at, small stuff that people overlook. Now, as far as the game itself, both teams was horrible, both of them. When you see it live and then you see it on a condensed replay, that game was ugly, even in the fourth quarter. When things got hectic, things got tight, and the Bucks banked on that because they, they've, they've had Winston for five years. Mm-hmm. So they know his tendencies. They know when things get tight, he going to get a little – I'm gonna try to try to win the game with my arm because mm-hmm. Olave had 13 targets. Think about this: a rookie, 13 targets. That is way too many targets, and he was forcing the ball to Olave a down the field, trying to get that deep shot, and it wasn't there. On that pick, on the deep shot with Jamel Dean, that play it was so obvious it was designed to check that ball down. But the game got so tight, the Bucs had scored. So Winston wanted to return the favor. I want to one-up Brady. I want to one-up. I want to bring my team back on my arm. And the play was designed to check the ball down. I think it was, uh, what's the 34, Tony Jones? Or, mm-hmm. Tony Jones, Jr. Yeah, Tony Jones, Jr. And and, and uh, Michael Thomas was open right there in front of him. He skipped that and threw the ball down the field. Interception. Now, the Saints defense held. The Saints defense was elite. So if people want to get mad at the defense for some points, what or PJ Williams giving that touchdown to uh, Rashad Perriman, look, they were still in the game. It was only 10-3. Winston took it upon himself, tried to play the hero ball. He reverted back to what the Saints don't want to see. Now, before before that interception, even the one that he threw with Jamel Dean, the first one, he was playing okay. He was checking the ball down. He was reading the right, taking the right reads. But things got tight, and the Bucks banked on it. took four quarters for that to happen. The Bucks waited patiently, keep the game close, run the ball, keep the game close. Brady don't make no mistakes because we're banking on Winston to make a mistake. And it, that's exactly what happened. Things went downhill. Now, that's not the only reason why the game went, went that way. Now, leading up to that in the third or when y'all was driving in the fourth quarter, y'all was running the ball down the field, 
consistently. Winston had his little checkdowns and completions. The one, the, the first turning point was the Mark Ingram fumble. Same concept with the Jared Cook. Y'all was driving the ball down, and I think it was the third quarter. Jared Cook fumble changed the game. Mark Ingram, for whatever reason, for the second straight week in a row, and this is all football talk. This ain't no bias talk or none of that. Going down the field, y'all pretty much about to score. I'm sitting there like, if the Saints score this touchdown, it's going to be 10-3. Up, they're going to be up 10-3, and that's, that's that feel like 15 or 17-3. to You know what I'm saying? Because that's how tight the game was. Mm-hmm. You, there was no room for mistakes. Ingram fumbled the ball. That started the change. The, the energy got different because you could see the Bucs were starting to get molly whopped on the run game. And it actually, the Saints ran the ball very well, which is surprisingly, Pete Carmichael didn't keep running the ball. I'm sitting there watching the game like the Bucs defense, run defense ain't ain't doing their job. Mm-hmm. Ingram had 10 carries for 60 yards. 10. No, no 10 carries and Winston threw the ball 40 times. That's a recipe for disaster. You play right into our hands. Our strength now is our secondary. Everybody was healthy. Everybody was covering. And Ty Bowles ran the perfect defense for Jameis Winston. He played two safeties over the top, and he played a robber sometimes to, to stop Jarvis Landry. That's why Jarvis Landry didn't have a great game in the middle of the field. Well, Winston was trying to throw the ball to Jawan Johnson, and Landry couldn't do that. That's why the balls that he was throwing was outside the hash, the interceptions, and that deep shot. It was Ty Bowles' adjustments that he made. He was like, I know he wants to want to go to ball. Landry was irrelevant that whole game. And quite frankly, Mike Thomas was open on some of them some checkdowns. But Winston wasn't looking that way. He was throwing to Olave. I'm sitting there watching the game, like, just from a football fan perspective, because remember, I'm a football fan first, then a Bucks fan. So I'm looking at it from a football bird's eye view. Like, Winston ain't playing the game that they want him to play. The Bucks are forcing him to make these decisions. Because they have tapered him for five years. So you know what that quarterback going to do in certain situations. That pick six he threw. Perfectly designed defense. It was a cover two shell. But when the ball was snapped, Mike Edwards came down in the robber position. Jumped in front of Jawan Johnson. Now, Jawan Johnson should have came back to the ball, but he didn't. He stood there, waited on the ball. As a receiver, as myself, when, a, when you do a curl route, you keep coming back to the ball. That way, if an defender try to come in your way, it's going to be a clash of both of y'all. You don't sit there and wait for the ball. This is football talk. This ain't no, oh, he just, no. This is straight up football talk. As a receiver, you come back to the curl route. You don't sit there and wait on the curl route. Mike Edwards, Mr. Pick 6, as I call him, Mr. Pick 6, got the interception. So in, in an overall perspective, the Bucks defense had the whole game plan set up. They actually won for the first time. They won the sacks plus turnover battle. For the last four games with Brady, they always lost that battle. I was literally taking notes. 13 sacks, 13 sacks the Saints had on Brady. The Bucs had four. The, the previous games. Y'all want that battle. 28 penalties, 17 to the Saints. So y'all want y'all was plus 11 on that, on that situation. Then y'all, then the Bucs had 11 turnovers. Saints had two. Saints was plus nine. So that y'all won the battle that y'all lost this past Sunday. Now think about that. This past Sunday, the Bucs had one turnover, Brady fumble, and one sack. They only allowed one sack with that interior O-line with backup left tackles. For some strange reason, the Saints pass rush was not there. 
I was literally watching, and they they played more coverage than blitz, and they did, they was afraid to blitz Brady for whatever reason. They didn't want to pressure him. Now y'all got the back end, but for some strange reason, Dennis Allen was playing super conservative. Let's play coverage, which actually worked. Brady was eighteen for thirty four for two hundred, a little over two hundred, hundred. I'm sorry, one hundred and ninety yards. So he didn't do nothing in the air. Hmm. He was frustrated. You saw it. He was throwing tablets, getting mad. You know, he's, same thing he was doing in the previous games. But the difference in this game was the Bucs had five sacks. No, six sacks. They had six sacks, five turnovers. 11 total. That's turnovers plus sacks. 11. And they only allowed two. So they was plus nine in that category. That's mm-hmm. the reason why the Bucs won the game. Plain and simple. It's not nothing intricate about the game to talk about. It's a very basic game. That game was ugly. Very ugly and basic. Neither team was executing offensively the both defenses was playing lights out they was not trying to give up no crumbs it was nothing to be allowed you had to earn those yards the bucks ran the ball 30 times for 2.4 yards to carry mm-hmm. brady had 34 attempts bucks ran the ball 30 times when have you seen the bucks do that it was heavy heavy pass in the previous matchups heavy pass heavy pass and it all resulted in losses so what Todd Bowles did, he changed the game plan. We're going to run the ball, but even if it wasn't working, they was running the ball for them. They had 24 carries for 65 yards, 2.7 yards a carry. It wasn't nothing else, but the Bucs kept running the ball. You had to keep them Saints uh, D-linemen honest because you couldn't just drop back 40 times, 45 times because they've been losing doing that. Mm-hmm. The Bucs stuck with it. The Saints did. That, at the end of the day, the Saints didn't stick with the run, and it was working. Yeah. So. That game, TJ, it was weird from a ref standpoint and from an offensive standpoint for both teams. Now, I'm going to say this. What you see now is not what you're going to see week 9, week 10, week 11, week 12. That's why you don't overreact. I tell my Bucks fans all the time, yeah, we beat y'all. Wednesday, we got to put this behind us because we moving on to Green Bay. I'm already looking at Green Bay tape. This is a good win for us psychologically. Mm-hmm. The Bucs wanted it so bad because it was 0-4, 1-7 in the last eight games. 0-4, that's all you heard. So the Bucs had to figure this out. It was almost like you keep throwing a rock in the hole and you hit one. I got one, one out of 100. And I, told the Bucs, I told my people on my channel, this is not a robbery. It's not. The Saints robbery is with the Falcons, not with the Bucs. Now, moving forward, this can be a robbery if we start winning, as Todd Bowles said. Cam Jordan elaborated on it. He was like, this ain't no robbery. But the Bucs, we trying to link, we trying to find a way to win. We haven't been winning prior to Brady. We already know that. So Brady here, yeah, of course we're going to win. He could do that with a lot of teams. But as far as the Saints situation, it has the storylines, but it's not a robbery until we start winning. And this game, hopefully moving forward for the next five to seven to ten years, we start winning. But until then, we still trying to play catch up as Bucks, as a Bucks organization. Let's keep it 100. I'm not finna sit here and play this little semantic game with words. I'm being straight, raw, and objective. I don't like to do all this feeling stuff. I tell it from a football perspective first. So at the end of the day, we 2-0. We're moving on. We got the Packers and Chiefs next. Two more hard games. Y'all 1-1. One one. Y'all got the Panthers, and I, think, I forgot who y'all got after the Panthers. The Vikings. But Vikings. Yeah. Y'all can still win y'all games. It's 15 games left. Yep. This season ain't over. I don't know why y'all people over there – Panicking? It's only week two. Hmm. Only 15 games left. 
Yeah. I do I deal with this all the time. I, I see what you're saying, man. I, I had to come on here. I was like, I see TJ. Let me go and holler because I know the, this game had a lot of emotion on it. You know, <laughs> like fans, I see it on Twitter. I see it in the Facebook group. They, I mean, they just chirping, you know, and it's no excuse. The Saints lost the game. You can find all these narratives about it. you can blame Winston, you can blame Carmichael, you can blame, blame, blame Dennis Allen, you can blame Mark Ingram, you can blame that. It don't matter. The Saints didn't play well offensively. Can't I mean, win when you don't play well. I mean, that's what it that's what it comes down to, in my in my opinion as well. And you even mentioned that, and I said that yesterday. I, I said when people start talking about the referees, I'm like, they had one play. I want to say Levante Davis hit Chris Olave, and it was like that was a rough that, that wasn't roughing. You know what I'm saying? Like, a, you know what I'm saying? I'm like, nah. I said if that happened and the shoe was on the other foot, man, I would have been hot. You know, so it wasn't. It wasn't, you know what I'm saying, like both teams, you know what I'm saying, didn't get the short end of the stick. Both got it. You know, so I don't, man, I, I just think at the end of the day, once again, you, it's like a heavyweight fight and you got two evenly matched, you know, boxes. And then it comes down to the 12th and final round. That's and what whoever can muster out those points at the end wins the fight, wins the championship of the world. That's, that's the way I look at it. So, I, you know what I'm saying, I come, I come away from that game. It's not like... I just feel like, you know, the Saints just can't beat the Bucks. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Next time around, I just think that you got to, you know what I'm saying, you got to re-strategize. And also, right. uh, you know, you, Jameis has to play within himself. You know what I'm saying? You, mm-hmm. you got to be able to take what the defense gives you. Like, you talk about that pick six to Mike Edwards. Like, you had Michael Thomas, like, on the shallow cross. Like, yep. you had about five to seven yards right there. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, you sometimes you just got to take what the defense gives you, man, and just be able to – you know, this nickel and diamond down the field. And that's one thing, you know, that I think a lot of Saints fans miss about Drew, no matter what, you know what I'm saying, what the score mm-hmm. was, okay, man, we just going to methodically get this ball down the field. You know what I'm saying? We're going to, we gonna, you know, tempo, tempo. You got to work on that. But, man, hopefully, you know, he can figure it out and hopefully he can look at this tape and realize some of the things that he did wrong and he can correct that. And also, I've said it for the last couple of weeks, man, they need to start putting emphasis on the run because obviously – they can run the football this year. And I just think that I understand that the Saints are known for being a, you know, aerial attack, but it seems to me like the running game should be the calling card because Mark Ingram, even though he fumbled, I mean, he averaged about five yards a carry. You know what I'm saying? 10 carry for, you know what I'm saying? 10, yeah, 10 carry for 60 yards, so almost six, six yards a carry. So, I mean, 5.1 as a, as a staff organization and crew. You know what I'm saying? So, I, I don't I don't get it. I, I don't understand it, especially like you, you running against – a team that's pretty much, you know, pretty known for being stout up front. So you got to be able to run the football. And ain't I mean, nothing wrong with that. I know it's not the sexiest thing in the world. And I know, you know, people like to see bombs over Baghdad and mm-hmm. big plays. But I'm like, I don't care how you win. You know what I'm saying? You can go out there and kick some field goals or something. You know what I'm saying? A win is a win. Nobody remembers how you win. I say this all the time, Buckles. I'm, I mean, we talk about, you know, the the, the comeback, you know what I'm saying, by the Patriots against the Falcons, but nobody remember the, uh, the final score of that Super Bowl. Nobody remembers, like, for the, those those epic moments <laughs> no. in sports. Nobody remembers the score. Like, I'll tell you, like, what was the score? I don't know, but they facilitated a 25-point comeback. Right. Nobody remembers that. I remember so, 28-3. <laughs> yeah, that's what you remember. <laughs> that's what you remember, but you don't remember the final score. Like, that. that's no. just the way that it goes. Like, you don't th- – this is not the BCS system. You know, we used no. to get like style points, like 
I need to beat this team by 50 so the BCS system can add up these points. It's not like that, man. It's about winning the game. Whoever have the most points at the end of the game, that's what matters. And you got to do what's best. So if your calling card is running a football, you got to be able to run the football. And you should be, right. you know, and, and to set up, you know, some of those play action passes where Jameis does best. But throwing mm-hmm. the ball 40 times, nah, that ain't going to cut it, bro. That, that ain't, that ain't cutting it. The Bucks, see, the Bucks changed that. The Bucks, see, it's, it's, it's similar how it's so it's so interesting how both teams kind of like look at each other, right? Mm-hmm. In, in preseason, right? In training camp, the continuity between Brady and his receivers wasn't there. Remember, he took off 11 days, you mm-hmm. know, for his hiatus, you know, with family, you know, whatever that is, you know, right? You know, and Julio was kind of banged up and hamstring injuries with Evans and Gage. So they didn't have a lot of practice time in training camp as a as a unit. Right. And you can see that the first two games, the game against the Cowboys, I was at the Cowboys game. I was in Dallas. Mm-hmm. They looked like they were still in preseason mode, training camp mode. And then right. against y'all, they still – and then we had some injuries. You know, Julio didn't play. Not surprised. Mm-hmm. You know, Evans got kicked that game. But he he was dealing with a hamstring injury. Russell mm-hmm. Gage was dealing with a hamstring injury. So we was down to Perriman, Scotty Miller, Jalen Darden. You know, we got to figure it out. But he's been practicing with those guys. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? But – as far as a unit, Brady don't have no continuity at this moment. That's why I tell my Bucks fans over my channel, what we look like now passing-wise is not how we're going to look when everybody's healthy and everybody get in sync. And that's going to take about seven, eight weeks to get mm-hmm. finally in sync. Because remember, you got four quarters in the season. You got the first quarter. You got the second quarter. And then that third quarter, that third quarter of the season, that's when you need to be at your peak. Right. That's when your offense need to be clicking because right. the back end of the season, especially with our schedule, got a little, got a little, got a little rough. We got y'all, we got the Cardinals, you know what I'm saying? We got the Browns, you know, we, mm-hmm. we got the Bengals. So we got to be ready in that third quarter of the season. Right. So looking at the first quarter, you got to work out your kinks. So yeah. when you look at the Saints from a Saints perspective and you look at Pete Carmichael, he can't, he don't have the chess pieces. To, like he don't have the mindset right now to figure out what works and what don't work. What it was do what's working for y'all right now is the run game. Right. Keep using that until it works. Until until you your offense or your passing game catch up. Because remember, same thing with y'all. Winston got hurt. You know what I'm saying? He was limping around. You know what I'm saying? He had no no chemistry and Lave and Landry and Thomas was kind of out. So. Things are discombobulated right now. It's up to Pete Carmichael. Now, I don't know if he's stuck in his old ways with the Sean Payton ways because you can't run the same offense you ran with Drew Brees with Winston. It ain't, it's like sticking a square in a, no, in a, a circle. You can't, mm-hmm. it ain't going to work because Winston is a different quarterback than Drew Brees. Right. So Winston's strength is intermediate and deep balls. Now, can he work on his short game? He, he He's working on You can tell he's trying. He's literally in the Falcons game. He was literally taking the checkdowns, even though the Falcons was winning. He was playing within the system. He was checking the ball down, then turn the ball over. And in the fourth quarter, all those passes was what? Down the field. Mm-hmm. Try to do the same thing this game. He got a little ahead of himself. If he would have stayed within himself, I'm not saying that y'all would have won the game, but it would have been no three interceptions. But he he tried to, you know, I'm going to go ahead and power up and go ahead and force the ball. Right. So both teams, both teams got great defenses. Both teams got offenses that's struggling. Both teams' offenses with the talent they got, it's gonna get better. Hmm. At the end of the, it's too much talent that the Bucks got offensively to look like we've been looking in the first two games. We ranked in the twenties in some major categories offensively. The Saints are there too. Y'all got three receivers. That's actually good. I like Olave. I saw him in Ohio State. Nice. He just he had a 
case of the rookie game. That's that's one of those games you'd be like, he couldn't stay on his feet. He couldn't track the ball. You could see it in the game. It was like, and then when, you, when I watched the replay, the condensed version of it, I'm like, he having a bad game. That's what you call a rookie game. Mm-hmm. And then not getting Landry involved and not getting the targets to Thomas, who actually should be your first target. You know what I'm saying? The dude kind of ready to eat. He he mm-hmm. was seeing his his body language. He was like every catch he made, he was like, "Give me the rock." You know what I'm saying? Like I got mm-hmm. this. Right. And Winston was like, "Olave, Olave, Olave." You know what I'm saying? And at the end of the day, both teams how they look right now is offensively is not how they gonna look down the road. It's too much talent on both teams offensively to look that bad. Now Carmichael, y'all. Now I don't know too much about Carmichael. I do know back in 2012, he did call, the, he was an OC, I believe, and had a lot of yards. Now, we fast forward uh, eight, nine years later, 10 years later, he the OC, like he, Dennis Allen kind of letting him do the thing. But I'm going to tell you right now, Carmichael got to figure this out. Run the ball until your passing game get right. Because if you don't do that, you're setting your quarterback up a failure. You really are. Yeah. He, he, come on, man. It's, it's not, it's football one-on-one. Protect your quarterback. Remember, and I, I looked this up. The most sacked quarterbacks in the NFL. Number one, Joe Burrow, 13. Guess who number two? Your James guy. Winston. James Winston <laughs> with 10. Guess who's number three? Aaron Rodgers and Matthew Stafford. Uh, three and four. Eight sacks and seven sacks. And Matthew Stafford is throwing a lot of picks. O-line ain't protecting him. Mm-hmm. When you don't protect your quarterback, you put your quarterback in harm's way. When you throw the ball 35, 40, 45 times, the more times you throw the ball, the more time, the more chances you give a defense to figure you out. Right. And especially if you got a quarterback with big arms. You know what I'm saying? Like Mahomes gets away with this all the time. You know how many drop interceptions he get away with? Dropped interceptions. He should have about four or five on right now. Mm-hmm. But when you throw the ball so much and you want to be explosive, like you said, they want to see bombs away. And trust me. One of my hashtags is bombs away because Bruce Arians, no risking, no biscuit. And you see how that turned out. Yeah. Oh, you go take your butt up to the to the to the booth as a senior uh consultant. We ain't got yeah. time for this. We're gonna, and you see Todd Bowles ain't having that throw the ball around the field. No, no, we're gonna be balanced. Yeah. And Pete Carmichael gotta be balanced like Todd Bowles. That's the game plan until your offense get right. Man, I know they I know they have individuals that say, oh man, the running game. You know, it ain't like it, it ain't working. You know what I'm saying? Like everybody want to throw these balls, but I seen <laughs> I don't I knew this was about a couple of years ago. I seen the San Francisco 49ers go to the Super Bowl. Jim Garoppolo threw the ball 10 times in the game. Right. And they and they destroyed the green. It like when you're running, if you got some dogs up front on the offensive line, a team can know Green Bay knew. That these guys were gonna run a football and they could do absolutely nothing to stop it. it. It all comes down to the running game. It's rather you can find out early or you can find out late. But it's gonna come a time when when it's nip and tuck because in the playoffs everybody dialed in, so they know everything that you're about to do. You better be able to run a football and you better be able to control the time of possession because that is how you're gonna generate success. And I just think that the Saints, in my opinion. They just need to understand that the days where you going out there with Drew throwing it 35, 40 times and he 300 yards and four and five touchdowns, I think they need to get away from that stuff and focus on having a more balanced attack. 
Like it, it is so insane. Like that you're not looking at the fact that you have a really damn good running team right now and you're not using it. And I just think that this was the game to do it. And who cares? Like, I just think that sometimes coaches, they, they feel like, Oh, they know I'm going to run. I think that was, that was like Sean Payton biggest issue. You know what I'm saying? Like in my opinion, mm-hmm. Like, man, they, they know I'm going to run. So, like, if if you're, if you're running back eating, feeding the rock. You know, like, and then that, and with that, they have – the defense have to respect the run, and that can set up some of those uh, vertical attacks and those deep passes down the field. But if mm-hmm. everybody know you're about to drop back 35, 40 times and you have no type of emphasis on the run whatsoever, of course, you know what I'm saying, your, your quarterback going to end up getting hit more, more times than not, and they're going to yeah. turn the ball over more times than not. Oh. These cornerbacks and these safeties, they get paid a lot of money in order for them to be able to, you know, catch interceptions, deflect passes. So, man, hopefully, you know, he, he can get the memo because, I mean, you you got to be insane if you're, looking, you're not looking at this stat sheet and seeing how these dudes been eating over the last couple of weeks when it comes to the running attack. But, uh, Buckles, man, thank you so much, man. I appreciate it, man. You, you definitely made a lot of fans here tonight, <laughs> you know, in the Look. chat. You know, I mean, and I, you know, as, as a as a Bucks fan, you know, what I'm saying I know that you know you're passionate about your team and you keep it 100. You right. know, and that that's the type of stuff that I like. You know, being a fan, but also being objective about it and not being afraid to call out your team and because that that's what we try to do over here, man. And I, I appreciate that. And I appreciate, that, I appreciate the objectivity, uh, objectivity, man. And um, Look forward to uh, hearing from you, man, down the line. Hopefully, we can collaborate on the next time uh, these two teams match up. Yeah, it's uh, then this was um, December, November, right? December. Uh, I think it's be in December, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I'm, I got my phone in front. I'm looking at stats and stuff right now. Okay. So. Yeah, man. But uh, yeah, we definitely uh, can, can collaborate, man, so we can you know talk about this next matchup. But good luck down the road, and uh, y'all, man. Yeah, and have have a good season, man. Appreciate it. You too, man. All right. Yeah, take care. All right, yeah. Man, shouts out to Buckles, man. Always good to talk to that brother, man. I mean, he keeps it 100, you know, and and that's and that's man, that's what we need as far as you know talking about our team. We gotta be able to be objective because sometimes if if we if we're not, we can just find ourselves being like way too emotional. Like some of these people right now, after week two, talking about Jameis Winston like this man just threw about 200 interceptions. Like, come on, man. And that's the thing, man. This is a new this is a new team trying to figure it out. But I do think they need to put emphasis on the run. You have to have a balanced attack. Dwayne Washington did his thing. Ingram needs to tuck the ball in at night when he sleeps. <laughs> uh, real humble guy. Yeah, man, he, he does a really good job. All right, we're going to go ahead and uh, get through these uh, calls. Then we're going to go ahead and call it a night. I'm trying to make sure that I ain't miss anybody. Or any donations or anything like that before we actually do that. If I do, I apologize. I'm trying to stroll back up to the top. Uh, make sure I ain't miss anybody. Somebody said, take it easy, Jay. <laughs> uh, drop the link, TJ. Uh, I'm going to just go ahead and finish up these calls, man, because I'm going to go ahead and call it night. We've been on here about, a, about an hour and some change now, but we're going to go to Louisiana Stepper. Louisiana Stepper, uh, thank you for being here. Uh, what you got for us? What's up, T. Jackie? I can hear you, man. How you doing? Hello? Yeah. 
How you doing today? I'm doing fine, man. Appreciate you for being here. What you got for us? Man, I just want to say, man, to everybody, man, get out that panic mode, man. It's only week two. Louisiana Step, I'm having, I'm having some uh, issues with your audio, man. Uh, uh, log out and then log back in, and then we'll uh, we'll just go ahead and take your call there. T. Smitty says the run game is important because uh, Jameis is awesome in play action and on the move. By the way, he still has less picks than Matthew Stafford and Joe Burrow. Of course, you know, but the narrative is he throws a lot of interceptions, and we need to keep these narratives going. That's what that's what this is about. Uh, let's see. If we continue giving up 40 points every week, the Baltimore Ravens aren't going to the playoffs this year. Well, I just think that y'all went up against a very talented offense of the Miami Dolphins, you know, and Mike McDaniel got these guys playing really well. And when you have an explosive player like, uh, you know, Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle, like these dudes can ball out. So good luck with that you know i don't think i don't think that game versus miami is any indication uh of what the baltimore ravens defense is going to look like for the remainder of the year um i think it has a lot to do with the fact that they didn't know what to expect going up against a mike mcdaniel offense i mean even though he's a disciple of kyle shanahan you really just don't know what you're going to get so there is that surprise dynamic that that took place I, I feel like it was the same way when it came to the the saints and the falcons like the saints didn't know how to approach the game versus the falcons because of marcus mariota being a quarterback if matt ryan was the quarterback then you kind of know you have a little bit of a stationary target and how to approach that but having a running quarterback like a mariota um you know it kind of changes the game and i just think that when you have a new signal caller and you're not used to what he's going to do of course, you're probably going to have opportunities or you're going to have some busted coverages. But shout out to that guy, Marcus Williams, man. That boy balling out. That boy had three interceptions in two weeks. Uh, I think he had about 24 tackles. So the same definitely could have used him yesterday. You can say whatever you want about Marcus Williams. You can talk about him on, you know, he had a tackling issue. But one thing he was going to do, he was going to pick Brady off. Him and C, uh, C, C to do. So uh, we're going to go to Chosen. Chosen, how you doing, man? Pretty good. What's going on, TJ? Man, I'm doing fine, man. Appreciate your patience, man. And thank you for uh calling in. What you got for us? Oh, man, you already know, TJ. So I hope the who that nation ready, because right now this is the garbage time of the show. So now y'all get a new y'all backup host chosen by TJ take an interview. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. Look, yeah, seriously. Like, yeah, towards the end of the show, man, you know already know. Like I, I was talking to somebody chosen, uh, they they left a comment. There was like too much Brady talk. I think it was like the game before the Saints played uh the Bucks. Mm-hmm. And I was like, man, it was towards the end of the show. Like you know what I'm saying? Like we talk, like we talk about everything towards the end of the show. Like you oh, want good man. content know, and, and excellent and O's and Willis and Joes. Like you gotta you gotta rewind first 30, 30, 45 minutes of the show. Oh bro, Tina, you haven't rolled you like one of them passes. I ain't gonna hold y'all long three man, hours really? later. <laughs> <laughs> He's going back hey. and repeating the sermon all over again. Hey, exactly. Hey man, it's about the ebbs and flows, you know. Like sometimes I don't like I, I think it's gonna be a quick show, and then right. people start to get involved, and next thing you know, like you said, man, it's almost been two but, hours. But so. that goes to show you how much of the show is 
it's not fabricated. It's all opinion, and it's all it's it's basically on faith. Because I know you mentioned a couple times mm-hmm. you don't do a show unless you motivated and you feel like you're gonna give it your all. Like, cause yeah. I hate the feel. I hate when I watch some of these shows and it be scripted. Like you can almost know what's finna come next. You got oh, yeah. a part of the show. You know when the high tapes finna come. You know when they finna have their little play around moment. You know the topics gonna be discussed. Here you never know what you're gonna get, bro. So that's, yeah. that's why. That's why I like. You know what I'm saying? And shout out to Buckos, man. Dude knows football, y'all. Oh yeah, heck yeah. I would love to. I would love to see y'all two do a whole complete show together. I tune into that, bro. I, I really, yeah. I'm, 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 um, I'm rooting for him. And the thing is, bro, I'm glad he came because the timing. You know what I'm saying? Because you yeah. had to block a few Buck fans earlier, and that just goes to show anybody who feel like if you on this show that you won't get your proper dues just because you're up for another team. If you stuck around and you just listen to this man gave. Like like five minutes plus of letting him vent how he feel about his team after what you just had to do to a Bucks fan that goes to show you could have been a hater, but that's not how I go over here. If nah. it's, it's, if you talking with sense, <laughs> okay, I'm gonna let you talk. You, you gonna let them talk? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It ain't no hate. We ain't fair weather fans, and then the Bucks fans should look at this next time they feel like we haters or we sore losers. Y'all beat us, but here go one of y'all own getting time on the show. Hmm. How yeah. to, if if we such saw losers, if we was that much worried about y'all, that goes to show you how much of pride and censorship we have, even with a loss. We don't care, bro. We yeah. we don't care. It's just another act like you've been there before. Act mm-hmm. like you won something before. You couldn't tell that they just won a Super Bowl uh uh, uh, uh the year four last with the way they with, with the way they act when they beat us. Mm-hmm. You couldn't tell. I knew if I had a Super Bowl, I just came off of that's my that's my concern. I'm not worried about no division game or who beat me when. But it goes to show you, bro. We all got different. We we all got different agendas. So that's that. But man, um, Jameis with the back injury, yeah, man. As a player, you want to be out there as a fan, but as a father, as a husband, Mm -hmm. as a friend, as a brother, as a son, as an uncle, whatever he is. Man, you got to protect his long-term investment. Yeah, we want to see him throwing plays, but is it worth it in week two, like we say? Is it worth this man's health? Because we know it started off as nothing and then it leads to something. Just think about if we wouldn't have, if we could have sat Michael Thomas down a season earlier. If we could have sat him down a game earlier. You know what I'm saying? We mm-hmm. we could probably could avoid him missing those two and a half seasons. Like, you mm-hmm. want to catch this kind of stuff early, especially – when we still trying to figure it out and you have the advantage because other teams are figuring out as well. It's not like the Saints, the only ones trying to iron out some kinks. Everybody got some kinks. You see Cincinnati got some wolves and they just leave from the Super Bowl. The Rams got some wolves. They just mm-hmm. left the Super Bowl. Everybody's trying to figure it out. So why are we panicking when we know it was times the Saints just a few years ago started off the season 0-2 and made it to the divisional round? Like y'all need mm-hmm. to chill. Right, y'all need to chill. It's too early to jump off the bandwagon. I seen somebody in the comment section said, Bench, uh, uh, get rid of Mark Ingram. Why? Because he had two fumbles. Yes, it's a concerning thing, but he don't fumble the ball more or less, and he's still toting that man. Understand, we need to address it, but y'all be ready to pack out package off these players. And thing is, TJ, when they go to other teams and shine and perform, because somebody was just a little bit more patient when we get mad, why we let them go. You was calling for the man's job after two quarters. Now he going somewhere else, cutting up, about to get a deal, and he making the news, and he's a premier talent. And you, you're mad because he's doing for what your team should have been patient with. He doing it with another team. Yeah. So we gotta we gotta chill with the narrative of getting rid of players because. But 
that goes back to you said, TJ. Drew Brees spoiled us. We used to immediately play the 2017 draft spoiled us. Well, mm-hmm. all the players, every yep. we we get we got spoiled the last few years, bro. Because but that's why you were supposed to win with those talents because they yep. not gonna be there forever. Mm-hmm. We have these guys on a four, maybe five year deal. We got a four to five window when we got a talent like that. Before mm-hmm. we got to start over again, those guys don't stay forever. We would want them to, but it just don't work like that. These guys not taking salary caps and cuts, and they shouldn't. These guys have families. They have a livelihood. They have brands. They have endorsements. They have generations of families they have to look out for. Who Just so they so you could chant who that and where my favorite Saints pair, um, apparel to say that's my player. Nah, man, these guys have futures. And that's pretty much all I got, TJ Brown. They got other callers, but who that nation don't panic, bro. And stick with the team, bro. Don't don't be a week to week fan. Okay to be objective, but call a spade a spade and stay with your team, bro. Because it's gonna be more good times than bad. And I tell you, it makes it so much sweeter, TJ. You know this when you stick through the bad, and when you finally going through the good, it make you appreciate it more. A lot of people don't don't like the team or don't like what's going on because they don't appreciate it. You remember those hard times, TJ. You remember the bad days. You remember the, mm-hmm. the end up with the bad quarterback play, the bad receiver play, the bad coaching. That's why you have such an appreciation because you done went through the rain and the mud. Now you're getting your sunshine. You appreciate the team. But if I just jump on this bandwagon and have everything given to me, I don't know how to act when I don't got nothing because I never had to work for it. Or I never had to go without. So now I'm spoiled. Right. You know what I'm saying? Learn to appreciate what you got in front of you because we could be worse. We could be worse off. But that's all I got, TJ, man. Thank you for allowing me to put my two cents in. And uh, you have a good night, brother. All right, man. Appreciate it, Chosen, man. Thank you for that. Thank you, sir. All right, take care. Yeah, man, seriously. I mean, that's that, he made some really good points. You know, we want instant gratification. And I just think that as Saints fans, we're so – not used to being in these uncharted waters or we haven't been in these uncharted water for a long time like even though no matter what happened right no matter if you have a kicker no matter if you have good kick punt return no matter if you had a, a bad defense you know that you had number nine right you know drew Brees was the the cologne on the musty body more times than not you know he can go out there and he can erase an 18 point 21 point deficit right keep you in the game so i think a lot of that is the fact that we've seen the quarterback position played at such a high level and very little mistakes took place now we you know what i'm saying like we hold every quarterback to that but it's, i'm telling you i don't care if it's james i don't care if it's another quarterback that comes after him it's going to be a long time as a Saints fan. You probably won't even see that in your lifetime. A quarterback playing at the level Drew Brees played for the New Orleans Saints. But most of us feel like that's the standard. Most of us look at that and feel like that's just the standard. That's what he left behind. So if we don't have that, then we ain't got nothing. But I've seen quarterbacks that struggle. I've seen quarterbacks that make mistakes. And they still end up leading 18 to the Super Bowl. I seen Rex freaking Grossman. Rex Grossman. He was the quarterback of the Chicago Bears. Now, they didn't win a Super Bowl. Peyton Manning did back in 2006. But still, Rex Grossman was the quarterback of the Chicago Bears. And they went to the Super Bowl. So don't tell me that Jameis Winston... Can't came bigger to the Super Bowl. 
Don't tell me that. Don't tell me that Jameis Winston can't is not capable of doing that. Thank you, Pammy. Trent Dilfer, Brad Johnson. You know, like man, these dudes like serviceable. You know what I'm saying? What Chris Chandler? I mean, all these dudes, man. I mean, the 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 Denver Broncos had Brock Outwild out there playing quarterback. Got that man paid, bro. You ain't about to tell me that it's impossible for Jameis Winston. Jameis Winston has more talent than all those guys that I just named. But of course, once again, we look at the dirt sheets. We look at these dudes and, he, and these ladies with their, with their nice vocabulary and then they're able to you know, put their words together, make us laugh, make us cry, and in these cases, make us afraid and make us feel like we ain't nothing. And of course, we know that we live in 2022. We try to find we try to find different uh different topics to validate our our feelings and views already. So if we think Jameis Winston stinks, oh trust and believe, we gave ESPN our views here today. So we can have a we can be in that amen corner. Yup, yup, turn the ball over. Yup, 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 he ain't good. Yup, yup, yup. And we we feed that and then all of a sudden, when we feel empowered, it's almost like going to church, right? You know what I'm saying? You hear a couple songs, you hear that lady singing that solo that had that big voice who should be on, uh, you know, uh, what's the name of that uh, gospel show? They come on BET. You know what I'm saying? They need to be on there. You know, it gets you all full of the spirit, the preacher, you know what I'm saying? Give you that good message and you leave out of the church ready to take on the world, ready to take on Monday. And that's exactly what we do. We, we get empowered about these things that we see and we get inside these groups and we we feed this negativity but there's no benefit from you bashing your team there's no benefit from you just saying Jameis Winston sucks there's no there's like what do you gain thank you chosen Sunday's best I couldn't think of the name what do you gain from that like you should want this dude to succeed you should want to feel wrong but some of us I just feel like honestly I really feel that some of us will rather watch the Saints look, go go like five and twelve, just so we can feel this what we can feel right in our take on Jameis Winston, which is sad. All right, we're going to uh, go to the final call, and now we're going to go to uh, Hoodie Jew. Hoodie, how you doing, man? I am doing great, my man, because, you know, everybody thought the show was over. But you know how it is. There ain't no YouTube without your boy, Hoodie Jube. <laughs> uh, no, I'm just joking. You had TJ and Big Q way before me, so y'all can definitely survive without Hoodie Jube. But, you know, man. Um, I just nah, man, nah, nah, we need Hoodie Jube, man. We need Hoodie Jube, so nah, nah, nah. We can't survive without you. You're here. You're doing an outstanding job with your channel. You're blessing people. Nah, bro, nah. Now nah, we need hooded you, so the world well, needs it. So, well, I, well, I appreciate you, you know, um, trying to make me feel a little bit better, you know. But um, <laughs> I'm telling but yeah, the truth, man. Yeah, <laughs> but um, <laughs> but on my channel earlier, man, we was having like a little um, I had to let my anger out too, you know. Um, uh-huh. not it was basically on Saints fans, aka so-called Saints fans, aka mm-hmm. I mean, I guess they Saints fans. I mean, I don't know, man, because the reason why I say that is because on my show. You had mm-hmm. people that was in the chat right. saying, I don't think Jameis is the guy. I, I, you know, I've been said that. And I said, yes, I already know you're not a Jameis fan. But at the same time, how are you going to call yourself a Saints fan 
but you can't even support your own quarterback and believe in the guy and just say, hey, I'm going to you know, fix my mistakes and be a better quarterback. Why can't you just do that? Because he is playing for your damn team. That's the stuff that I don't get. Um, the other stuff I don't get, like you said earlier, and a bunch of people, you see it all over the damn um, social media and shit. They want to give up on Jameis. It's only week two, people. Week two. Um, I don't see anybody giving up on Joe Burrow, who gave four interceptions, you know, um, in his first game back. People got to realize, and I don't think people even look into it. They just look at it. Oh, God. Green interception? Don't tell me. That's the old Jameis. No, mm-hmm. damn it. No. First of all, he's coming off an ACL tear from last year. He still came back super earlier. You know, like they said, he finished super early than what they thought he would healed, but he's back already. Second of all, he's playing with four fractures in his back. So, first of all, why did you even play in the game, my brother? Why you didn't just like Andy Dalton play while you heal for the next few games? Like Kamara did. Kamara didn't even play with his ribs. He says, I'm going to heal, make sure I'm 100%. Jameis, right. I know you love being the leader. Well, why didn't you do that? You know, you didn't have to go out there. And matter of fact, those six sacks didn't even help you back. You know, that probably made it worse getting sacked six times. So he's playing with that now. You got a dude named Michael Thomas coming off an ankle injury um, that's trying to come back to himself. You got two new additions in Jarvis Landry, Chris Olave, who you have to glue together with you and start clicking on our cylinders. So that's why I tell people, keep the same goddamn energy when this team is in the playoffs this year or even further. If that, if we even make the um, Super Bowl, what are you going to be saying then? Are you going to be saying, oh, I, I, I believed in Jameis all along? Or are you going to say and come on this show or my show or Big Q show and apologize straight to your Saints fans and say, oh, you nah. know what? I didn't believe in Jameis, but guess what? I ate my rose, man. I, 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 not, too I, many pe- not too many people going to do that. You know, they they going to just – they just going to scrape the internet of all everything that they said about them. You know, that, that's, that's what people do. People rather – you know, act as if nobody's seeing that, then you know, just be real. I don't I don't get it, man. Do people understand like the level of credibility you gain by saying things like, man, I wasn't right about that? Like the problem is when you become like like you know, like you this deity that just can't get anything wrong. There's been time, like I said, I, I mentioned this on, on your show. I was talking about Jalen Hurts. I was like, man, I don't think Jalen Hurts gonna be the starting quarterback. I was wrong, dude. Played pretty good tonight. Don't look like I'm gonna, my. Don't look like my take gonna be right. But I'm okay with that. I, I'm okay with being wrong and proving to be wrong because I get no, I, I get no honor, no privilege of talking about people and just bashing people and want people to fail. I don't. I just do. That's why I go by based on what I see and I get my thoughts. Sometimes I'm right. Sometimes I'm wrong. But. Some people they just they want they want to be right so badly, they're willing to see their own team's demise to be right, and that's sad. That that's that's when it gets real sad to me, man. Yeah, and um, to be honest with you, I mean, you know, that's why I love having the channel too. I tell people, I'd rather you, I'd rather deal with your anger and your stupidness on my show. And do it like grown adults and talk about it and let all your anger out. Then you let it out on social media and making us Saints fans looking really bad as Saints fans because you wanted to say, oh, it's time to go up on, you know, give up on Jameis. It's time to give up on this person, you know. Um, I seen people put it in there too. They didn't give up on Pete Carmichael already. Um, mm-hmm. 
it's just like crazy stuff. Like, come on my show and talk about it. So, TJ, I don't know. I know you're a busy man. You know, you got your own show. You you got your own radio station you're doing. You got your family. But if you're willing to do this with me, I told everybody, I think every week after the Saints games, you know, um, you know, I think on a Monday, Tuesday, maybe, I want to have a therapy class. No matter if the Saints win or they lose, you know, we're going to have therapy because, you know, our Saints fans are, you know, super pissed off because we lost. Or we can have therapy class with them how happy they are, make sure they don't put too much into themselves. And you can have therapy for the opposite team that you played against. If they want to join in to that therapy, we'll help them get through that loss that we gave them. So I don't know if you're down, you know, I think we need to, you know, kind of have a little group um, YouTube chat with like you, me, Big Q, you know, no bros and actually just put some sense into our fans, because I'm telling you, some people just have too much anger. And by next week, when Jameis Winston's doing good the next week or whatever, they all, kissing his ass, but then the next week when he mess it, makes, makes a mistake, it's bad. You know what I'm saying? And um, I don't know who this is. Let, let me let me read this for you, um, if I can find it. Okay, UK Prince, who that to you? And you say you're a Tampa Bay native, so you're a Bucks fan, my man. He said, not with Jameis, and this is from a Tampa Bay, uh, Tampa native. Jameis is a pitcher by nature. He never read the field like a QB. Okay, so you're a Tampa Bay native. By the way, did you not know that you're not a New Orleans native? So, you know, the culture, you know, the um, system that he's in is, is a way better system than he was with your Tampa Bay system because at least he's in his third year in a system with the same coaches, same plays, same everything compared to being in Tampa Bay, having four different new head, um, not head coaches, but like, you know, offensive coordinators having to learn new playbooks every damn year just about. And then you put him with a Bruce Arian, who is a risky no biscuit. Your own YouTuber guy even said it. So you can't just say, um, not with Jameis, he's not going to do nothing with the Saints. No, you can't say that. Maybe with Tampa, y'all didn't know what y'all was going to do with him because it took Tom Brady to come down there to put Bruce Arian in his place and say, you're going to uh, go up there and be whatever the hell he is now, <laughs> president of Tampa Bay or whatever, you know, like th- that's, that's what he's doing now. Like, like Tom Brady had to put him in his place and tell him that. So all I try to tell people is, man, it's like, it's cool. It's week two, chill. They come back from injuries. They all going to be a little rusty. But I said, I want to hear the same energy from y'all when these boys start clicking on our cylinders. And then you got the defense making people go green out like they saying, like they were doing the last um, few games, but the offense is clicking on our cylinders and we're scoring mm. 30, 40 points a game. I want to see the same energy from those same people that's saying that. And by the way, UK Prince, I want to see the same energy out of you too when you see Jameis Winston wins us a Super Bowl and you'll be like, damn, he won one for the Saints. Mm. You know, <laughs> remember that. Mark my words, Jameis is going to win one with us. I really do. Um, but like I said, um, if they TJ, look, if they can get this offense together, I mean, look, they're they not talking about it, but the Saints, the Saints defense is like really, really good. Like really good. They're not gonna say that because they lost, and you know they're gonna big up the Bucks defense and all that kind of stuff. Justifiably so. Their defense is good, but the Saints defense is just as good as Tampa's defense. And it, I don't care if you're a Buck, Bucks fan or not, you gotta concede today. Like it, it took the last seven minutes for teams to decide like what team was going to win this football game and you don't that doesn't happen unless you have two formidable defenses uh any you got anything else for us uh, before you go um yeah the only thing i would like to say um that i 
forgot to touch up on about the game. I mean, I don't know if you noticed this um, in the game. I think with um, when that fight, you know, like that fight broke out between Mike Evans and, you know, mm-hmm. Lattimore and all of them. Ever since that happened, that's when everything went downhill for us. Like, the refs started calling weird-ass shit on um, third down plays. Every time we stopped them, it was just weird plays. And I did talk it up with, um, you know, on Big Q show, and then somebody else came on after me, after I went off and explained the rules to me. And I said, okay, cool, now I know. Because it's weird how, you know, if it's unnecessary roughness or whatever, it's an automatic first down. But mm-hmm. they had some plays um, yesterday and in the Atlanta game where it was like third down and long, like third down and 15, third down and 20. Right. And you call a defensive hold. That's a five-yard penalty on a defensive tackle, and that's an mm. automatic first down on a holding call. Right. That, that, it didn't make no sense to me. It's like un, unnecessary roughness and all that. I understood, but then when the guy came on, he said it is automatic first down for everything besides like two things or something like that. The guy was talking about, and I said, "Oh, well, glad to know that." I said, "I thought that was weird," and then um, because those two to three, you know, um, penalties on third downs helped Tom Brady. Extend the plays, got them closer to the end zone, drew the pass, you know, for the touchdown. They took the lead. Mm-hmm. Now, the other thing people really ain't talking about as much was the Mark Ingram fumble. That mm-hmm. was that could have closed out the game right there, too, because we had all the momentum. And it was yep. just three to three. And we was about to go up 10 to three. We was marching down the field, fumbled. And I was like, mm, Mark Ingram, mm-hmm. what's up with you? So I'm hoping if Kamara can't play um, next game again, I hope to see the Saints be smart and um, elevate. Our boy Latavius Murray, Latavius who Murray. knows of yeah, mm-hmm. bring him up, and um, I think we're gonna be this fine. And like I said, depending on the um, X-rays and all that, depending on how fractured James Winston's back is, if it's bad, please Dennis Allen and um, P. Carmichael, please be smart. We know James wants to be the hero for our team. We love him as our quarterback, right. but let him heal because, like you, like everybody said, you can tell all those passes to Alave. You know, some of the passes to the other teammates just was not on target like he normally would, especially those deep passes. They were just right. off. So we can tell it was his injury. And some people say it's excuses. I'm like, no, my excuse is his back really was hurt. You can tell he wasn't the same Jameis, and he should have never played in the beginning. He should have healed like um, Kamara and healed up. But at the end of the day, it is what it is. We lost. It's only week two. So um, draw it all away. Come on, myself. Come on, uh, TJ. Go on big cues. Curse it all out. You know, let your anger out, and then be ready for this Sunday um, against Carolina. Yeah, I mean, look, I'm man. Look, I'm on. A, I'm on the Carolina. Like I, I, <laughs> I, I was on the Carolina after the game was over. You know, like it's week two. You know, and I get it. Like I said, man, I get why Tampa fans are excited. But, I mean, look, this is a long season. You know what I'm saying? You're trying to make the playoff. And I'm, I'm happy that they finally exercised their demons and all that kind of stuff when it comes to Saints in the regular season. But, man, they, they're the least of my problems when it comes to this team. This team has to figure out this offense, and they need offense. to be able to, you know said have a balanced attack and be able to figure out, like, how they're going to execute offensively and who, yeah. who needs to do what in order for this team to sustain uh, success going forward. That's that, what they need to figure out. It's offense, and they the, the defense is finally clicking together a little bit. You know, they, they was holding Tom Brady. But like you said, the offense needs to click, but they also need to figure out on defense how to stop mobile quarterbacks instead of just standing still, waiting to see what's going to happen, and then letting the other team get full momentum already before you get your momentum started. And that's what right. I think 
after this up in Atlanta game. But I did want to say thank you for letting me come on your show. No problem, and by man. the way, I don't know if you have any free time Thursday night. It's going to be late Thursday night. Um, but Thursday night I'm going to um, Miami for my birthday. You know, we're going to be out there for about four or five days. And, okay. um, and that's going to be my birthday night. My birthday is actually on Thursday. So I'm going to fly out there, you know, Thursday morning. And then Thursday night after we're doing dinner and everything, we're just chilling. I'm going to go live for my birthday, you know, talk about the Carolina game coming up. And if you're free, I'm trying to get all this. I'm trying to make this the biggest um, live ever had and see if we can get over 150 um, people watching. Because I had 110 before. I want to see if I can beat that. And yeah. I know we can do it. So I was saying, you know, bring your people. I'm going to talk to Big Q, see if I can get y'all and have us a big round table for my birthday. So Yeah. Well, that sounds good, man. That sounds exciting, man. I always like to uh, go to Miami. That's one of my favorite spots to go to. And uh, I hope you have, you know, have a great birthday. Uh, I gotta check my, I gotta check my schedule uh, as far as like next week. But uh, if I'm, not, if I'm definitely, if I, I'm not doing anything, I definitely will pass by. And also, like on, on Mondays, that's also gotta be a, a schedule thing. But anytime I have an opportunity, uh, if you want to start that therapy uh, session thing to talk about uh, Saints after wins and losses, I try to pop, I try to pop in when I can. But yeah. I think it's a great idea. I don't think that I don't I think it's something that you uh, really just need to uh, look into and start, because I think that a lot of members of the Who That Nation would love to have a forum like that. Definitely, because like I feel like if you have a therapy class hmm. on just the Saints loss, you know, let's just say it's just losses and we just have our a therapy class every week, hmm. anytime we lose and just have it with, you know, the big YouTubers like you, me. Big Q, the Nola Bros, and we all on there, and then we bring one person on at a time to let their anger out, let us know why the hell you don't believe in Jeremy, why you don't believe in this, why you don't believe in that, and then we can talk to you and explain to you from our side of athletes seeing everything on the field, rewatching replays, telling you the research that we're doing compared to you just watching the game and listening to these people on ESPN talking shit and making you pissed off even more right. about Jeremy. So I think that would be more fun. But like I said, hopefully um, I can see everybody this Thursday um, for my birthday. If not, it's cool. Um, but thanks again, man, for um, letting me come on. Like I said, it's always a pleasure coming on here. And no problem, man. My last thing for you since you're going to Miami, there's two spots I want you to check out while you're there. The gotcha. first spot is called the Clevelander. It's like a hotel, but it's a slash club. And uh, they got like a bar outside with the pool and all that kind of stuff. And also a restaurant called the Big Pink. Like they got a... Uh, they serve like really good breakfast there. Just don't buy no drinks from there because they overpriced. But hoodie juice, thank you so much, <laughs> man. But have a good time, man, and uh, look forward to uh, hearing from you down the road, buddy. Oh yes, sir. I will try those places for you, and I forgot to tell y'all, I will be at the um, Dolphins versus Bills game that Sunday too. So um, it's gonna okay. be fun. Get to uh, see man. a Josh Allen versus Tua, who everybody said Tua ain't shit, and that was my shit too. I said I don't think Tua is that guy, and now I'm eating my own words after this weekend. Yeah. Yeah, you look pretty good. <laughs> but thank uh, you, man. Appreciate you my- yeah, appreciate it, man. Call back anytime. Yes, sir. Who that? Right. Who that? Yeah, man. Uh, unfortunately, that's the last call we're going to uh, take tonight. Uh, Louisiana Stepper. Uh, I'm just going to ask you to call back in uh, the next show because uh, we're about to go ahead and wrap it up, man, because it's almost 1 o'clock, 8, 1 o'clock in the morning here uh, in South Carolina. So we're going to go ahead and wrap it up, man. So uh appreciate you uh being patient but just call back uh you know the next show so we can go ahead and read a few comments and then we just gonna call the night i seen jerry uh you know jerry the same thing man you you, you first priority next show all right <laughs> i'll make sure i get you in 
Uh, Tragic says any holding on a passing uh, pass play constitutes an automatic first down. That's true. That's true. If Jameis heard he don't need to be playing, can't guarantee a Carolina win. Got to take them like that undefeated. And not to mention, we have to we have to say this, man. Just like we were talking about Brady not beating the Saints in a Tampa Bay uniform in the regular season. Jameis struggles against the Carolina Panthers historically. And that's something that we have to acknowledge too. So I'm not going to sit up here and, and, and feed a narrative that benefits us and not look at something else that doesn't. I mean, anybody just think that Carolina just going to roll over because the Saints roll into town, you sadly mistaken. This team could easily be 2-0 and versus being 0-2. They, they were in every single game they played this season. So let's not just look at the record. Like, go back and look at some of them games. Hoodie don't be cutting up in the clubs now. <laughs> Have fun, brother. Yeah, man. The clip shots out to the Clevelander. You know, that's a good spot, you know, to go to if you're ever in Miami for anybody. Uh, Damien says, uh, quick question, TJ. Do I think uh, Jim Haslett belongs in the Saints Hall of Fame? And by the way, uh, Tulane is 3-0 and since 98. Just had to throw it out there, TJ. Well, Damien, uh, thank you very much. Uh, do I believe Jim Haslett belongs in the Saints Hall of Fame? Yes, I do. Uh, he's the first Saints head coach to win a playoff game. I was actually at that playoff game. And ironically, Tulane, they 3-0 since 98. I went to every single Tulane home game that season when they went undefeated with Sean King as their quarterback. I'll never forget. They were close to losing one game versus Louisville, and there was a goal line stop at the end. They caught they, And they won the game. Yeah, they were putting up some big points during that time, man. Sean King was a beast, okay? Sean King was probably one of my favorite quarterbacks to watch when I was in college. I mean, watch when he was in college because, number one, you know, seeing a, a black quarterback, and I, I mean, I know people don't want to hear this, but it is what it is. To see a black quarterback out there playing at such a high level and just watching him facilitate and, and, and do his thing, it's pretty magical to watch as a like a 12-year-old kid who really loves football. You know what I'm saying? Like it was it was pretty it was pretty magical to watch, you know, somebody, you know, playing that looks like you that give you hope. You know what I'm saying? And he and he was really a good quarterback. I mean, we know that even um, you know, he led uh the Tampa Bay Buccaneers uh, to the NFC championship game, you know, and he played. So I got a lot of respect for Sean King. You know, so that, that's somebody that it's always going to be one of my uh, all-time favorite uh, college quarterbacks. Yeah, so great show, uh, TJ, and hope you had a, a good time in Vegas, man. Me and my wife, we we had a great time, man. We had a great time uh, out there in Las Vegas. Um, really enjoyed ourselves, man. We, it was a, it was one of the first times uh, we actually were was away from my son for those many days, especially like me. You know, I, I y'all know I'm rarely ever away from but we had a we had a really good time man um try to see if I pull up picture actually yeah um but yeah we had a good time man um we ate at some really good restaurant it is i honestly las vegas is amazing like it, it, it is absolutely amazing like as far as the restaurants, like all the food that we ate, I don't care if it was like a a, a chain food. You know, what I'm saying it, it was good. Like I ain't never seen nothing like that. Usually, like when you eat at places, 
you have like a place that's good and then another place that wasn't so good um but every place that we went to uh was good and um then we went to a, a distillery this is a picture right here this is me and my wife we was at a distillery um out there in las vegas and you know <laughs> they had like different types of uh moonshine that they used to have like back in the day and they made a drink like each you know what i'm saying each one and it was like the same it, it was made the same way that it did during the time of prohibition you know when you know alcohol was outlawed during the time of the 1920s and if you don't know about that i encourage you to check out what Pro prohibition is about uh but yeah man me and my wife we had a good time uh if you ever go out there again holler at me for some spots i normally go at least once a year man shout out to i gotta i gotta acknowledge this brother because um it was it was such a, a, a you know what i'm saying a cool uh a message that he sent it was a a guy who actually had a restaurant i want to make sure i get his man his, his prize uh shoot i don't think i can find a message yeah i can uh it is uh wing king lv wing king lv uh hit me up uh said if i'm ever in las vegas you know i can you know what i'm saying pass by the spot i can even do a show uh in his restaurant you know so he said he grew up in his entire life in louisiana and um he he likes the show and uh you know but if i ever go to las vegas i'm definitely gonna i'm definitely gonna hold you to that man so if i walk in your restaurant be like man you remember me like don't act brand new now <laughs> be on some varnell hill stuff you know he told uh martin to come out to los angeles right <laughs> and then martin get out there he act like he ain't know him. i'm i'll give you your two minutes right you know what I'm saying? That's what he, <laughs> he told Martin he'll give him his two minutes. He ain't give Martin nothing. Don't, don't act like Varnell Hill on me now. Uh let's see. Uh nice pick, TJ. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate that. Hey TJ, uh, where did y'all stay in uh Vegas? Uh we stayed at the hey man, we we ain't we ain't doing it, you know what I'm saying? Like high society, you know what I'm saying? We ain't went at the MGM or at Caesar's Palace or nothing like that. I think we, but we didn't stay far from there. We stayed at the uh the Grand Chateau Marriott. You know, it was a good spot. It was like right off the strip. Uh, good, I mean, good uh, hotel. I liked it, man. Um, that was like one of them hotels where, you know, you go down there and stay there for a couple of days. Had like a little living room area. It was nice. You had like a good little view. You can see the desert. Uh, we stayed on like the 32nd floor. So it was, it was it was a nice look. It was a nice look right there. Uh, let's see. TJ, are you going to London for the Vikings game? Uh, no, I'm not. Can't. Won't be able to go to that game. Um, it was a decision between going to that and going to Jackson State homecoming this year. And it's been a while since I've been to Jackson State homecoming. And it's been a long time since I, I actually had an opportunity to hang out with some of my best friends. So I decided I was going to do that, man. Plus, you know, I already went to the Atlanta game. Not sure right now if I'm going to go to the Carolina Panthers game, even though that's very, very tempting. You know, very tempting to drive those three hours up to Charlotte. Um, I might end up doing it. My wife don't know yet, but I'm going to do it. <laughs> might have to pay the babysitter. <laughs> drive up there. Uh, keep it real. Another tough game coming. Good show, TJ. Appreciate that, uh, Princess. Thank you. Uh, Tramal, I believe Matt Forte played with Patrick Ramsey. Yeah, he did. He did. Uh, do you think the Saints should sit Jameis till week six? 
Um, I think they should sit Jameis as long as it possibly takes if if he's seriously injured. Uh, your wife is gorgeous. Uh, I appreciate that. I'm a lucky man. I mean that, man. My wife is my wife means everything to me, man. My wife is a uh, the total opposite. Y- y'all y'all never see her on camera. Like if she if she even thinks that I'm on camera, like she was standing the door. But uh. She's a wonderful person. Uh, she's one of the smartest people, if not the smartest person I know. And uh, I'm lucky to have her, man. Um, lucky to have her. She, man, she allows me to be able to, you know, do what I'm doing right now and, you know, allow me to try to fulfill my dream. So that's the best thing that you can have. Hey, TJ, uh, I've been telling people, relax. The Saints have sucked the past uh, September, so we'll be good. Have they? Oh no, October been their year. October been their month, right? Yeah, Sean Payton missed October, right? Uh TJ, next time you're in New Orleans, come swing by Baton Rouge, neck bones on me. <laughs> All right, man. I, I definitely do that. Uh more taste and plays. I agree with that. If we were able to win games with Teddy, Simeon, Book, and Taysom, we can win games with Dalton. Now that is true. But I, I don't think that you just pull the trigger right now. I just think that if you pull the trigger right now, you 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 prisoner a moment. Uh, let's see. TJ, stay live, and I stay late. <laughs> well, man, this is very unconventional. And the only reason why we're having a show today, I mean, we had a show earlier because I just was motivated to do another show. And quite honest with you, I, I, I feel like that wasn't my best outing uh, as far as the show, especially like the opening. I feel like you know some i feel like i went back and i was like maybe i should have presented uh, my words a little bit differently because it, it can't you know what i'm saying so and plus on top of that man i just felt like there was a lot of things going on like we we're in the process of uh, uh putting a new transmitter into our uh, at our radio station uh you know my my station manager he's about to retire um i'm up for the general manager position so, I mean, it's a lot going on. So I just felt like, you know, I, I need to have a better outing. So I decided to do the show again. So I appreciate y'all for being here. And uh, if you have not already, please hit the like button. I know it's late because we're about to go ahead and wrap it up. I mean, and I know I keep on saying this, but it's the truth. I just want to make sure I give everybody respect. Dude said neck bones. So Louisiana. If he would have said Boudin, I would have been like, yeah, that's, that's definitely Louisiana. I wish I would have known you were down here in Las Vegas. Yeah, you know, I, I was thinking about uh, doing something live, but I was like, nah, because, you know, my wife allows me to uh, take so much of my time to be able to do these shows and and, and and write and all that kind of stuff. I wanted to make sure I gave my wife, uh, you know, undivided attention, you know. So I was able to hang out with her best friend and, and a, a best uh, friend's husband. And uh, we kind of just, you know, took on Vegas together as a as a staff organization and crew. You know what I'm saying? So had a good time, man. Had a good time. Old Snap TJ finna uh, be the hiring manager. Uh, let's go send that resume. <laughs> that resume. <laughs> yeah, man. Uh, yeah, definitely uh, have some things that I need to do. You know what I'm saying? Some paperwork I need to, to send in. But, you know. You know, I mean, just trying to do some things differently, man. Definitely, uh, if the opportunity, you know, happens, you know, which I'm pretty sure that it will, definitely just want to kind of 
take the radio station and, and make it, you know, uh important part of the community like it's been since 1984. I feel you on that, TJ. Got to satisfy the wife. Yeah. Uh, we went uh, this Sunday, two and one is not a bad start to the season, let alone in the division. Yeah. When you have a good woman behind you, no matter what happens, it just seems like everything will always work out. Yeah. I mean, so you got somebody that supports you and what you're doing. Uh, you know, it's a good thing. I mean, it's tough out here, man, especially like. Man, I can't see myself dating in 2022. No, no, no offense to all the single folk out there. I just can't, man. Like, I just feel like it's just a different set of rules now. You know, it's good to find somebody that you don't have to have everything alike, but they can show you that love is still, you know what I'm saying, the ultimate thing. Like, some people will tell you, you know, money is the ultimate thing. The way you dress is the ultimate thing. Nah, man, when you got somebody that loves you unconditionally and, and supports what you're doing, that's the person that you need to be with. You know, some of these people get suckered in by music and what they hear and they allow that to influence them. But guess what? That just makes them lose out on something that could be special because you're chasing something that's not even attainable. You know, you think about some of these these top rappers out here right now, they telling you to live a street life. Meanwhile, their kids going to private school. So they not even practicing what they preach so why should why should you listen and be influenced by what you see right now if you got a good woman or you got a good guy hold on to him because it's hard to find in these days so don't let those those outside influences influence you to a point where you lose out on your opportunities dating too many heartless oh yeah uh hope you get that uh gm job tj well me too man you know I hope I I hope I do. But if I don't, man, I'm still fine. You know, I'm happy to continue to do what I've been doing. You know, I'm I think that I have a, a really good gig doing. Hey TJ, our city back on radar as the murder cap. Now, that's not a good thing. That's not a proud thing. <laughs> we can beat Brady. Uh sometimes we can overcome the referee sometimes, but we can't overcome Brady and the ref. <laughs> Yeah, man, that's a tough thing to do, you know, but look, man, it's week two and the season goes on. But thank you all so much for checking out the State of the Saints podcast. Special shout out to Buckos, Keen Arthur, Chosen, uh, Louisiana Stepper, Hoodie Jew, and uh, Jerry, you know what I'm saying? I know he tried to chime in, but Jerry's always here. Shouts out to everybody in the chat, uh, making this show exactly uh, what it is, uh, absolute success. And I'm happy to announce uh, that State of Saints podcast, man, we reached 2 million views, okay? We reached 2 million views, man. So I want to say thank you all uh, for everything. If you ever watch this show for two minutes, I appreciate you. If you you watch this show for two hours and two minutes, I appreciate you. And, you know, where this show actually came from and where it is now is nothing more than a blessing. And I thank you all for your undying loyalty to the State of the Saints podcast and continuing to help it grow and continuing to support the show, no matter if we're on here or going on other outlets. I really do appreciate that. Make sure you subscribe to the YouTube channel, youtube.com. Search the State of the Saints podcast on Facebook.com. Search the State of the Saints podcast. Previous episodes available on iTunes, Spotify, iHeartRadio. We're also a part of the Pigskin Podcast Network. We're brought to you by Manscaped.com. 
Use the promo code State of Saints. You will save 20% off of your purchase. And uh, you all have a great morning, noon, night, whenever you're checking out this podcast. And like always, all I got to say is, who that?